Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're to another movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's Spaceman from Pluto with me tonight? Tiffany Elberton. I didn't know I'd say that. <laughs> it's me, your co-host, Michael Hughes. <laughs> it almost feels like there's been something at the end of that. And I'm a and I'm Bill from a gamer looks at 40. And Mike, give me a milk. Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> that was good. Damn, we should have said I was your density. <laughs> oh, what a that worked too. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. <laughs> Funny. Let's go back in time and redo it. I mean, you could. I'm not gonna refix it though, but <laughs> so. and we are here to talk about Actually, Mike's pick that mentioned a long time that we've been trying to do a uh, Back to the Future film by directed by Robert Zemeckis and then came out in 1985. Mm-hmm. You weren't even born. No, I was not. <laughs> I was negative two. Young. Was anybody on this call other than me alive in 1985? Yeah. I was two. Me. Okay. I was three. <laughs> okay. I was 15. No, just kidding. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I was five. I was five years young. He started his podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40, 10 years ago, didn't you know? Right. Well, yeah, I try to fool everybody with my, my boyish charms. <laughs> People don't know that Gamer Looks at 40 actually stands for 1940. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, old jokes. Makes, at least I'm alive. Oh, Lord. Not wiping your butt. <laughs> So I I had realized that I had actually never seen this whole movie from start to finish before. I always had missed the opening whenever I had seen this movie. It must have always been in the middle and then turned off by the end. I want divorce. So <laughs> I just I realized that I was watching because not I mean certain things were familiar, but that whole opening was completely brand new to me. You know that doesn't that's I'm not gonna I'm sorry I, that doesn't sound too insane to me. This movie is so ingrained in the culture. I think there's a lot of people who may have claimed to see this but never saw it because it's. Every bit of this is so just in the, I don't know, it's just in the culture. That's how big, and not to say important, that's how big and all-encompassing this movie is. I could totally see somebody doing that. I've done it before, too. Like, yeah, I don't think I've seen all of Beetlejuice or whatever. Yeah, totally get that. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll upset Tiffany, too. Uh, I don't think I've seen Princess Bride all the way through. Oh, well, I'm divorcing you as well. Okay. <laughs> Not to get not to get too far afield three minutes into our episode, but I the first time I saw Princess Bride, Tiffany, I was at a there's a theater called the Alamo Draft House here in Austin. There's a bunch of them now around the country. And they do these quote alongs where you like go to the theater and you'll watch a famous movie, but they'll have like everyone shouts the same quotes and they'll give you like <laughs> props and stuff. And I saw uh, Prin- Princess yeah, Princess Bride in that fashion they gave us. Every time they said inconceivable, we had to hit our heads. And it was really, really super fun. Oh, yeah. Super fun. Oh, man. That sounds like fun. Think of a few movies to do that with. This one being one of them. <laughs> yeah, you could totally. I'm sure they've done it with it. So it's one group that does all these like quote alongs. Pretty funny. Oh, Scott Pilgrim would be a blast. Oh, oh, oh yes. no. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Uh, it's been already <laughs> very well recorded on here. How amazing no that movie is. No so I had, I came in, so when we came into this movie, I had low expectations for Back to the Future. I didn't think very highly of it when I've talked about it before on the show, I'm pretty sure. And I was surprised. I was wrong. I'm happy to say that in this case, because it's not always I get to say that with, with something when we go back to something from old and it's like, oh, it actually, it still is good. Usually it's like, oh, no, my memory was not right. Operation Raccoon City. So I was happy to say that this held up more than I expected. 
a very yeah. 80s movie if you take it in that context, but it's still a good movie. Yeah, it like manages to be a product of its time, but still timeless at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Yep. <laughs> And actually, the time travel works. I'm okay with it. I have issues with time travel movies sometimes, but this one works. I'm okay. You're okay that he almost makes out with his mom? I'm not okay with that. Well, there's there's some things in here that we probably can all objectively say is not great, but... (laughs) I mean, like, the theory of time travel. I agree with, like, the idea that he's able to go back. Like, there's two of them. He watches himself get in the car. By him altering his parents' meeting, it it erases him from existence slowly. I agree with all that type of stuff. There there are some, like, question mark ones we'll get into towards the end, but then two is where it really goes off the rails. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen two. Yeah, I remember you saying that before, but you've seen three. Yes, I've seen three more more than once. (laughs) I didn't like that. Yeah, three's not nearly as good as the other two. Three is fine. It's perfectly acceptable. The time travel in this (laughs) is so... It's it's just a plot device to time travel. It's not really the, the focal point, even though you know the movie's called Back to the Future. It's really more. It's a more about way more than that. It's just again a, a way of getting to the action. So they don't really focus on how it works at all. They just ask you to just forget about it and just go along with it. And it's and, and and it does work. It doesn't. And that's why I think because you could poke a thousand holes into the time travel because, like you said, Mike, you can poke thousands of holes into any time travel story because they're really really hard to do all the paradoxes and everything else. It's, it's a challenging thing. So I, it, it, it's just so, it's so lightweight and simple. It's like a, it's like a, I don't know. It's like a four-year-old's conception of going back in time, back in time, change thing, thing changes. Yay. That's all you really need for this. It's uh, for this kind of movie. So, yeah. I I don't know if it's worth a full episode, but I really want to hear your thoughts on Bill and Ted's excellent adventures, time travel (laughs) mechanics. (laughs) (laughs) They're, they're on. I've seen they it are odd, yeah. Only the first Same. one. I have no memory of it whatsoever. I have seen that forever. That Basically, they have to, like, in the moment, remind themselves that after this moment to go back in time and do something, and then it happens. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's like, <laughs> Ted, Ted's talking to his dad. He's like, trash can, remember the trash can. And then all of a sudden, the trash can falls out of the air and lands on his dad. <laughs> right. right. That's, <laughs> it's real that. strange. The most I remember of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is that in a episode episode in a, a uh, issue of Nintendo Power, they gave away their phone booth as a as oh, a yeah. prize. Yeah, you could win really Bill and Ted's good. phone booth. And evidently, because I did all this research for an episode of my show, if you ever want to do it, <laughs> ev- there was like a weird thing where like, many, many years later, the owner of that phone booth turned up on Reddit and started talking about, oh, yeah, I got this phone booth because I was looking for people to interview about them. But then it turns out the guy was a real creep and it became like, oh, is he just trolling people and saying he actually has the phone booth because he was telling all about like these sexual adventures he had in it. Like, oh, you know what? A, I'm going to choose you're not real and B, I don't think you're real. So that that has to be the porn parody, right? Bill and Ted's sexual adventures. Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, displayed on the marquee in the back there in Hill Valley in the uh, the adult theater that's back there. Hey, cool. (laughs) So I was also surprised because with this movie, this I also realized I'd never seen it before. It opens with clocks. I had absolutely no memory of this ever in my life. And I feel like this is something that would have stuck with me because this opening feels kind of cliche for what it's talking about. But also, I liked it. Just a bunch of clocks. Just clocks everywhere ticking away. It's very 80s opening. Yeah. But it's like I had no memory whatsoever of this. I feel like I had a brief memory when Michael J. Fox shows up and he does the where he does the guitar with the big amp that that's there Mm -hmm. for some reason. 
Like I had a don't br- use it. It'll I had a explode. brief memory of that, but not of anything else. Like the dog food, nothing. That's yeah, why I don't think I, I've ever seen this whole movie. Yeah, I mean, before we get started, I'd love to talk a bit about Michael J. Fox, you know, sure, and geez. how th- was this his big breakout? I'm trying to remember if he was in he much was of anything before this. Ties, but That's this right. Is, he was. Mm-hmm. A, yes. And so he was like bouncing back and forth between this movie and Family Ties while he was making Family Ties. Because they originally had a different actor, am I correct? Yeah, you are. Yeah, Eric something or other. Eric Stoltz. I know, he didn't work out. I can't remember why. He didn't have, he took, he played it as a serious role, not a a comedic role. So when he goes back into into the past in 1950, he's like, you know, he's acting how you should. Like, oh my God, not, (laughs) you know, he's not. Like, where am I? He plays everything way more serious when he meets his dad. He's like, "You're, you're, you know." Because I was, I saw it clips of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he didn't want to be in there in any either way. And it he, looks like, he, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, I was just going to say real quick that it looks like this and Teen Wolf were both released the same year, so he, uh, his career was, was about to skyrocket. And could, you could not pick a better actor to play this part than him. He <laughs> is extraordinarily suited for this role. He's he's charming. He's dreamy, as Lorraine says all the time. What a dreamboat that boy is. He's, he just has a great way about him. He carries, he has a great screen presence about him. He's like, he's instantly likable, even though, you know, he's a bit of a rapscallion late to school and all that. He's, the part could have been really insufferable in the hands of somebody not as likable. He's the mm-hmm. cool kid at school. He got the cool hair. He's got the this. He got the girlfriend, right? There's no, no problems really in his life other than, well, Family problems, which we'll talk about. <laughs> oh boy, forgot about some of those. Oops, man, is he good? And I, I could not imagine anybody else playing this role. You know, even though this is a celebrated classic, it wouldn't have been the same without him. Like you can, yeah. you know, it's like that whole lightning in a bottle type situation with this movie too. And like my opening joke, Spaceman from Pluto. That's what this movie was almost called by one of the guys didn't want it. Back to the Future. He wanted Spaceman from Pluto. For some mm-hmm. reason. That doesn't make sense. No, that's to, why the name. To reference there. the one scene of, of him talking to George later on, dressed in the hazmat suit, oh. dressed as Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. Right, yes. I love that. <laughs> that made me smile. And that's just another, another scene that would have stuck in my memory had I seen it. I'm pretty sure I've never seen that scene either before. So yeah. I saw parts of this movie, and somehow I just missed big chunks of it i don't know mm-hmm. it was probably playing on tv and then you'd get up and go and not come back yeah, yeah. most likely or run out of the room screaming because you know <laughs> that was only horror movies with, with dinosaurs we shouldn't have dinosaurs eating people we're okay here <laughs> maybe you I'll scared back. a biff or something who knows <laughs> about young mike that's in, that's in know. back in future too that's where i wouldn't like biff more but <laughs> <No. laughs> that's another conversation yeah <laughs> Uh, back to the clocks, this is where, like, immediately they start to sprinkle in foreshadowing and little nods to things you're going to see later. Like, one of the clocks has someone hanging from the edge of it, which oh. we see in the, the climax. And then yep. the the news broadcast talking about the stolen plutonium, and you see the case under the bed. It's like, man, they start giving to you right away. And that's, and I, I've said this before in this show, you also have a, a shot of the uh, one of the clocks has a little drunken man against the light post, which could represent the, the, uh, the homeless person at the very end who's hanging out there. And this movie, I, I, I'll, I'll just kind of give a little a quick thing. But we, I was talking with a buddy of mine many, many years ago about scripts and screenplays and movies. And I posited that Casablanca might be one of the greatest screenplays ever written. And I do think so because it's it's gorgeous screenplay. And he thought for a second and he says, how about Back to the Future? And I'm like, I think that might be better because this screenplay is perfect. Every line, every action has work to do. 
Nothing is wasted in this movie. To your point, Michael, in the very beginning, we're setting little things up. We're throwing seeds that are going to like just lodge in your brain. And, you know, in an hour and a half later, you're going to see, the, you know, Doc Brown hanging from the thing. And you're not you're not going to recognize that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. But your brain will because your brain saw it and it recorded it somewhere in a box. It's like and, the yeah, not to skip way too far ahead, but the pine tree thing, the oh, Lone right. Pine Mall and the Twin Pine it, Mall is like people didn't notice that for years until it was pointed out. Yeah, it's it's great. It's so it's and they do that so intentionally, understanding that most people are not going to get it on first watch. And remember, this is not the era of YouTube where we're watching these things a hundred different times, making videos about 85 Easter eggs you can find in Back to the Future. Like this is intended to really be a one shot deal. You know, VHS was still a little bit away, like mainstream VHS. I didn't have a, v- a VCR when I was, well, maybe I did when I was five, but like we were still a bit away from that, right? And this movie makes takes so many pains to be every single thing leads up to something. It's so, so good. Uh, and that's why I love this screenplay because there's no fat on it and it's a beefy boy. But there's mm-hmm. it's lean and awesome, but beefy. It's great. It's like Spider-Verse. <laughs> it's like Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse is a very similar thing. It really is. It is. Every, there's no wasted time in Spider-Verse. We got two hours, man. Let's we gotta move it. And before we move on completely, I don't I should have looked up who wrote the screenplay. I don't know. Uh, Bob Zemeckis or Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Okay, so we do need to talk about Robert Zemeckis because not only is his direction fantastic, his screenplay is just chef kiss. Uh, Robert Zemeckis, uh, this was his this was his second real movie. His first one was uh, Romancing the Stone in 1984. I've never seen it. People like it. I don't know. It's a good movie. I thought but... it got panned. I like it. And then uh, Back to the Future was his big breakout. Of course, he went on to do the next two Back to the Futures. He did Roger Rabbit the next year after Back to the Future, which is awesome. I love I've never awesome. seen that movie. Uh-huh. All right. Add to the list. (laughs) Oh, yes. I'll be on that one as well. I've never seen any of his movies. Okay, I've seen Castaway. Never seen Forrest Gump? Okay, I've seen Forrest Gump. Oh, I was like, what? We really (laughs) are getting a divorce. I've seen a couple. I love Forrest Gump. I've actually seen that bench, too, that he's been at. Every year, I'm forced to watch The Polar Express by my children. (laughs) (laughs) That that weird thing. Oh, everyone loves dead-eyed children on on the train. Of course they do. Unreal Engine 1 children. Yes, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> I that at my job. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> it's not great. And he's still working today. He did the uh, P- Pinocchio. I thought he was oh, dead. No, I was watching that. I could not. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was dead because he Pinocchio wasn't movies. the documentary I watched. Okay. What were you saying there, Michael? There was a... Uh, three there Pinocchio was... movies that came out last yeah. year. Because there was, wasn't there the, was? uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. The Guillermo yeah, del Toro one. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Whatever one's on Disney Plus. And then the one with Polly Shore. Oh, shut up. What? <laughs> oh, what have you not on? seen that? Oh, man. You gotta watch that trailer. Away, then. It's it? terrible. <laughs> Polly Shore can't be good. And, and anything came out after is the he, year. Is he Geppetto? What is he? Oh, he's Pinocchio. No. How have you not seen this trailer? It was kind of viral there for a while. Oh, I haven't I seen know. this either. I live in a hole sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's neither here nor there, though. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> or never. <laughs> anyway, now I've gone through my, my act, lead actor and writer and director part of the show. We can now move on to the walkthrough of the clocks and no one home. There's that robot arm. Machine. <laughs> feeding that? the dog that there's no dog. Yeah. So I was watching this machinery entirely too closely. I had a couple issues. One of them is the coffee maker. Sprays water down. How much water is in this thing? Because... 
the dog food's like clearly multiple cans that are all over the floor. So there's like endless water in this coffee maker. And then the can opener keeps the lid of the dog food can on it after it's cut open. So how does it keep adding more lids to the stack or what? Probably gets rid of this. Probably gets rid of the rather than like maybe an hour later. Maybe. I I don't know. That's very true. (laughs) It drops the can into the trash can, but not the lid. Like, get your shit together, Robert Zemeckis. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the details. Come on now. (laughs) I I feel like Cinema Sins right now. Like, I'm I'm going to nitpick the shit out of this. Out of one of your favorite movies. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, the magnet that was inside the speaker that exploded could never have powered that actual speaker. You would need much more wattage than it was stated. And I think the the wattage of that... His ears would be bleeding and he'd be deaf the rest of the speaker. Yeah, Marty would have just been dead. Yeah, he'd have a brain hemorrhage and just died instantly as his eyeballs were blown back into his skull. I was like, he wouldn't be okay, right? (laughs) No, he would not be. One little bit I noticed, I think the camera's panning down to the bed, maybe? There's a picture of two scientists. One I'm pretty sure is Edison. I don't know who the other one is. Anyone know? Damn it. I looked real close at this. Um, Einstein's all the way to the right on the other wall. I think it's Edison and... Uh, Tesla? Damn uh, I think it's... I, I want to say it's Ben Franklin. Like, without okay. glasses. Hey, what did that guy do? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Other than, other than Lightning! <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, this, uh, I did not look up Easter eggs before we watched this. No. Right. Watch this recorded to this. But, okay. What? Yeah, because that would make sense. Brent Franklin or Tesla or any of those. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can Google fast enough to find that part. And this movie's actually not <laughs> streaming. I had to pull out the DVD to watch this movie. You're welcome. Oh, That's mine. I, I gladly pulled out the, the DVD. I tried to find it, and I could not find our DVD copy. I actually even snuck into my daughter's room on my tippy-tippy toes with my cell phone light. Like, she was like, we have the, we have the movie. Just find it. So I'm like, like going in like a cartoon character trying to find it. I could not find it under the veil oh. of darkness. So I had to I go it. to... I'm oh, sorry. Apparently, oh, I did too. I did too. There's four. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, Michael Hughes. Great. Yeah, Isaac Newton, Ben Franklin, Thomas Edison, and Albert Einstein. So thanks, Mike, for okay. making me look. <laughs> like, well, I, I found it at the same about. time. We really did. That's There's funny. no way I was going to let that slide. <laughs> yeah. Dude. So, wait. Yeah, go ahead. so where, where were we? I apologize. I lost my. Oh, you were telling a story about DVDs that cut you off. No, no, no. It's fine. I, so basically, I couldn't find it. So I had to watch this on. Amazon Prime, my usual thing for the show where I now troll around my multiple streaming services trying to find one dumb thing to watch for let's say this dumb show, but it's not a dumb show. <laughs> for this particular program, I couldn't buy it on Amazon Prime under my account for some ungodly reason. It's like go to the app. I go to the app. It's not available. I look around. Voodoo has it. Voodoo. You know what's great about Voodoo, the app, Voodoo. at least on the snow at least on the Sony Bravia uh, setup, there's no search button. You can't search for things on Voodoo. What? You just browse you just browse. Browse thousands of titles. That's here. terrible. Are of course it is. Alphabetical order? Uh, no, because you have to go to like you go Not to alphabetical? all. But I think it was in alphabetical order. But I'm not going to go through all the A's. Why would I go through all the A's? Do you know A? Well, it could. <laughs> so I did not. So then I. So then I go on the phone, and the phone allows me to search for it. So I search for Back to the Future. It's four dollars for UHD, as if I need UHD for a movie that's thirty years old. But whatever, I don't care. So, but James like, no, I know we have it on like Prime. So then we go to my fr- father-in-law's account, which we have stolen because he bought all these movies for kids that we don't want to rebuy for the kids on a different little device. We go on there and we can buy it there. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I, Amazon Prime. I owe my father-in-law four bucks for able to watch it. But as I'm sitting there doing this, I'm going every time I watch a movie or this show, 
that I don't just own in the course of living, and which is bizarre, by the way. I should own that. You know, I do. Yeah, I'm surprised you. Yeah. I'm surprised you. I, no, I, really? I, we do. My wife said, we own this. I'm like, is it in a box in the garage? She goes, maybe, because it's part of a box set. And I threw out a bunch of like boxes, you know, and just kept the movies. But box sets, I did not throw out. And I'm like, I'm not going in the garage. It's <laughs> $4 and do it here. I'm not. It's, it's chilly out. It's chilly. <laughs> uh, and you're in Texas. My... So when you say chilly, I'm like, uh... what? It was like 50 degrees. It's I four would've... degrees. I don't want to I... hear it. Yeah. I would have needed to put on a light jacket and put some socks on. I don't put socks on. I Our put... highest high this week didn't break 50. <laughs> Jeez. I think today is like 65. I, I went outside with just <laughs> shoes on and without even a coat. And it was like negative it was like 10 degrees yesterday when i was taking our garbage no let's say don't take our garbage you're minnesota you're built different (laughs) i know we are we're both different it's chilly i just find it funny 50 degrees is chilly (laughs) there's a slight chill in the air and cold in the garage because it was 50 degrees (laughs) oh no i i I get you though i i don't like i won't dig for stuff to a certain degree like i'll i'll just buy it too I'll just suck it up maybe, and pay the couple Maybe bucks. tomorrow. I might look forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow will be 70 degrees. We'll, maybe, we'll, <laughs> maybe I'll go out and take I it. just hate you now. <laughs> <laughs> I really am just digging it in. All right. So anyway, well, it's going to be 43 degrees for the rest of the week. Uh, oh, weather report. It does. And that's, that's that, 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 that may actually shut the city down if it snows. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. you're not kidding either at all. No, so. no, no I'm not. You no, won't I'm be not. able to go to work, school, nothing. <laughs> Two years ago, seven inches of snow shut the entire city down for a week, and we all lost power for five days. So mm-hmm. oh, that's what happens that. in Texas. Yeah, you know? then we get it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we can probably- I was shipping stuff for Texas too. I remember people had to buy like parts to pl- for plumbing because they couldn't buy them there. So I had some guy shipping them in Texas from. Oh Sox. yeah, all our houses exploded. All our houses mm-hmm. and p- pipes burst. All the pipes burst. So everything went. Psh- like the speaker in the beginning of this movie. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The sultan, the sultan of Segway, Mr. Mike. <laughs> I, I so like the speaker this. blows up. What oh, do you he should think be of, dead. Yeah, go ahead. Like, yeah, even though he should die. Like, how do you feel as a character introduction, though? Because this so is a I, little. Yeah, go ahead. I love the the first time we see his face because as he walks in, the camera is like from the waist down. He's kind of like surveying the the room, and we see him from the back as he's messing with the speaker and stuff. And it's not until after the speaker explodes, he flies back across the room and he like shakily pulls off his sunglasses. And that's the first time we see Marty's face. It's, it's a, a pretty cool character introduction. It really is. I mean, it should be just him lying there dead, but no, it's oh, yeah, well, introduction. Okay. <laughs> through the wall. No. Okay. Just... I, it didn't hurt my, I mean, I actually really liked it too. As much as I make fun of it right now, I actually really liked it. If it were if it were just him dead, it would be like this weird six minute short film, like some Swedish short film that plays at <laughs> festival circuits. Like, you know, and this is fiend at the end. You're like, oh, cool, that was neat. I but even I, like yeah the way yeah. you're also introduced to him, like right after this with the skateboard, and you have him just oh, I'm running late to school, and like because of time, because the clock was off or something. Like it's a it is a very good introduction to this character. And I like looking at what do you, what do you think, Tiff? Out of curiosity. What am I? What am I answering? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. Welcome back. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> Everybody was talking at once. I didn't follow. What was your question? <laughs> no, we were just no, talking about the introduction to of Marty as a character. How do you feel about that? Because I, I think it's odd. I think it's good, but odd. I I liked it, but I can't remember. What, is there for some reason this stick in my head? Is does he have a key? Like, why is he breaking into this man's house? <laughs> he, he gets the key under the mat because we see him. Oh, that's right. He does. He puts it back. 
But we have no reference, and so if you just look at it from like first watching it, you're like, "Is mm-hmm. this how? Is this his house? Why is he here?" <laughs> yeah, now so, that Bill brings it up that it's odd. I'm kind of looking back at it like in 1985, seeing this for the first time, you're like, "Yeah, who is this character?" But now that I've seen this movie dozens of times, I'm like, "Oh, this is, this is Marty. This is cool." It's, <laughs> yeah, why there's a giant speaker system like that in 1985. Okay. But hey, I think like, he just goes, I, I "Whoa." <laughs> Very Bill and, and Ted. Whoa. 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 Rock and roll. <laughs> and they even go so far as like he slowly pulls the sunglasses off when he's laying yeah. there. So you know what I mean? Like, so the reason I'm mentioning this and kind of camping out on this is because I am going to try to look at this as if I've never seen this a hundred times or this wasn't part of the culture, right? Or this hasn't been memed or lampooned or you know, sent up a thousand times in different media. It's odd, right? You don't see, you see our character's feet first, right? He kind of pans over. And again, you never see, you, you don't see any of them him. Here's voice. Doc, where are you? Hey, Einstein, where are you? Mm-hmm. Boom. Now you know this is not his home, right? He's looking <laughs> for somebody else, clearly. He, unless he's whiz kid, which he is not, clearly. <laughs> clearly, he's not the scientist who lives here because he doesn't know what to do with the equipment. And <laughs> and he's a teen. Like, he's a kid slash teenager. Clearly, he's a teenager because he came in, he found the thing. He's not a kid. So what I think that all that does, it sets up a very funny comic moment. To showcase this is a teen just like you, moviegoer. Because what would you do if you have this giant speaker in front of you with this tiny little guitar? And I mean this little electric guitar. Boy, oh boy, that yellow thing is tiny for some weird reason. You turn everything up to the top, overdrive to top, and fire away. And it's in service of a very funny, explosive, I guess, opening. And then, of course, you get the reveal of Michael J. Fox. Because I think if they had just come in with like this like a sitcom hey, I'm Michael J. Fox. I, I don't know if we would have had the opportunity to like him as much as we would the buildup. But again, since everything in this movie is so intentional and careful, that's why I kind of hang out on this. Because like that, it's just, an, it's just an odd, odd opening. But that's my take on it. I think they really want to just dole out who he is without looking at him. And then you know, Michael J. Fox takes his, takes his glasses off, dreamboat, swoon. All the, all the girls, all the, all the girls in the audience are fanning themselves. No. Everybody starts fanning themselves. <laughs> And away we go. I just want to know why he's so surprised that he got thrown across the floor. Like he cranks up both. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he I, I think it was more he was top. he was surveying the damage of the speaker itself. Oh, is that was, what it was? Yeah. <laughs> but he's yeah. surprised that he he broke it because something was supposed to work. <laughs> he was just like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, turning yeah. up something all the way is never a good thing. So. <laughs> and then Doc calls him and like, hey, there might be a chance of overload. Like, why wouldn't this have happened any other time? What's different this time? <laughs> Uh, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. And then you have him, you know, skateboarding to school, and you see the first scene of him like hitching rides on cars, which is completely dangerous. Uh, to get oh, to God, school. He just looks behind him. Like, I mean, in this day and age, I feel like they would just, you know, gunned it. Yeah. <laughs> see if you can hang on now, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, oh, I mean, it was a cool scene. It, it really fit the '80s to me because that's not something you would see in a more modern movie. I feel like because it would be. People are more harsher than it would have been seen in the 80s. And this is also a small town, so that fits to... I don't know, it's just really cool. And then the the whole idea of him getting to school and you get introduced to the girlfriend. Hold on, you're skipping something very important. What oh, I skip? Does it feel like the 80s because Huey and the Lewis... Huey oh. Lewis and the News is playing? So who did... How did they get in the opening credits? I just want to know this. Who did they sleep with? <laughs> I assume they were pretty big by, by, by here. I I've know. never oh, yeah. seen... A band in the opening credits before though. I don't look at me. I don't watch. I don't he, he's was Elton in... John in the opening credits of the Lion King? 
Opening credits? Well, I mean, Lion King, but also Lion King was like 90s. I, I mean, this was a pretty, I mean, this was the era of, of soundtrack songs. I mean, that was, I don't think that was terribly unheard of. I'm trying to think if they were big, big, because like, obviously, they were, you know, they, they were, they were big. I mean, that's a big. Lewis and the news were so big. They're even in a quiz question in Mega Man Legends 2. <laughs> I believe it. Oh, they're huge. They were, yeah, they're a huge band. I mean, and I bet, I, yes, go ahead. Sorry. I bet Phil Collins is in the opening credits to Tarzan since he did that entire fucking soundtrack <laughs> oh, <there you> go. <laughs> well Armature. i think you, but but Tiff, you make a really good you make a good point because a lot of movies will have the big hit song at the very end like part of the yeah. trailer credits or, or or it'll be in the middle or something open with a big song like this i i'd have to think about it off my head i don't think i can't think of anything but this is a huge big open again it's very 80s it's very of its time and it's very present because they were big in the mid '80s, like, and yeah. this is this movie is set in modern day as of 1985. Clearly, that's where he's going to. <laughs> clearly, so it all sets the tone very well. And 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 thinking again as an audience member, you wouldn't need this, but it's a popular song from a popular band. It's big and brassy '80s, like it just fits everything really well. Fits his personality, him and Patrick Bateman or Patrick Bates, whatever his name from American Psycho, both <laughs> big fans evidently. So. Yeah. They, there, there's so much Huey Lewis in the news in this. Like, I have, say, like, they have like, what, three or four songs in this movie? I'm to be fair, they also do the credit song, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. They didn't have a little guest appearance. They do. They do. do they wear? They do. They miss uh, it? The guy in the, the band auditions that tell me, tells him he's too loud. That's Huey Lewis. Ah, <laughs> oh, shut up. Yep. <laughs> That's cool. That is really cool. Okay, I didn't. Ca- I did not know that because I did not know what they look like. No, me neither. It's just... <laughs> Bits of trivia that you pick up over the years. Yep. Yeah, that that was one. That was when I looked up when my wife and I were talking about Huey Lewis, and she's like, "Are they in this movie?" I'm like, "I think so." And sure enough, that's when I uh, glean that little tidbit. So yeah, like you said, all these little neat little things. That's so. also a good character building to kind of show that you know he's very down on himself. He's like, you know, if I if I can't, you know, he talks about rejection and stuff because he is kind of down on himself. Not like his father, but you can kind of see where like because in that part where he does shortly when he gets to school. They have the band rehearsal where, where the guy says you're too loud, playing too loud. I mean, it kind of, you know, he's like, if I can't do it for here, I don't want to put myself out there if I'm going to fail, which is mm-hmm. very much how his father talks. So, yeah, yeah I think well, like it's like his grandpa says later, it, it comes from upbringing. So, yeah. it's yep. And it, it, I also like the uh, the uh, the side character of the principal of the school who tells him that he's nothing. You know, he's going to be a slacker. I, just like your dad. Just like your dad. No McFly ever amount to anything in the history of Hill Valley. <laughs> the I think history's going to change. In 30 years. Love it. Indeed. He looks the same. See? He looked the same. Yep. <laughs> they didn't change him much from the past to the present. I was hoping he'd have like a, a little hair. A, a little hair. A little, like give him a toupee. A little, a little tea or you get that joke of didn't he ever have hair? <laughs> yeah. So good. <laughs> Such I a one note character. Yeah, just there, just to give the tardy slips, and then, yeah. like, oh, you're going to get four tardy slips on her own. What happens? Nothing. I feel it's like, like the it, thing to do. Sorry, Tiff, go ahead. No, I feel like the line he said to Marty and the line he said to George were almost identical. They were. Mm-hmm. Showing that's just how he talked to people, I think. He, just a terrible te- he was a terrible teacher. But I'm like, why is he yelling at this kid? This seems to George McFly. He seems like a nice, upstanding kid, and uh, Marty seems like a little slacker. I mean, I don't know. He might deserve it just a little bit, but... <laughs> I just kind of got the impression that's how he talks to all the students. Yeah, same. Yeah. It's just like the thing thing to do in the 80s, 70s and 80s to make the hard-ass principal, because we saw it in Breakfast Club, too. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep, yep, yep. Where he stalks him, you know. 
so weird. <laughs> Someday. Oh yeah. God, that was good. Breakfast Club. Mm. And remember, remember who our our target audience is, right? Who's in that theater? But you know, teenagers, yeah. Marty's age, right? So it's all it's all trying to identify with with characters you'd find in real life. And yes, the the principal probably got picked last in the. He probably just missed varsity <laughs> when he was in high school because he was three inches too short, and now he's just bearing that grudge for the rest of his life. Yes, it's we've you know again we've all seen these people, and it's fine that they're stereotypes and painted very broadly. This is all color. This is all flavor. This is all set up. Set up. It's, it's all set up and every and yeah, I've seen I've said this about a few other movies in this long, long litany of things I've been offered this show. Everything pays off. Everything pays off. And, it, yeah, and it everything really does. nearly everything pays off beautifully. So that's what we're kind of talking about here. We got after school. We meet Biff with the tow truck. Sorry, I'm going to speed along no, a little bit because we'll be here for three hours. <laughs> yeah, so we're like <laughs> over a half hour in. We're we're still in like opening credit Mister, territory. It'll only be an hour and a half. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Mister, Mister, the great Mike Albertson sends us notes every time we want to do any of these things. And it's usually like two like iPad, you know, iPhone notes. We're like on the second paragraph, second yeah. sentence. So I was like, wow, these, these notes are kind of kind of brief. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Have you never read Mike's notes before? Oh, he's seen them. I don't know if he's read them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know to read. I read them as well. I read them as well. <laughs> I so, <own> them. <laughs> so through all of this, we're really just kind of establishing you know, who the world Marty inhabits. Again, the girlfriend who really, really likes him. And he really likes to. Like, he's not going to be a jerk about it. Like, they clearly have a, a nice relationship. The uh, father, of course, played by something Glover. Crispin Glover. Crispin, Crispin Glover. Glover. Crispin Glover. The only thing I know him from is he was Charlie's also Angels? in Charlie's Yeah. Yeah. Charlie's <laughs> Angels as the as one of the villains. Oh, he plays a good man. villain, by the way. Oh yeah. Weird. Well, he was in like a remake of Yeah, a remake of Willard. Never heard of it. <laughs> he can control rats. Okay. He can control rats. Yeah, so we have so Crispin Crispin Glover, he's playing obviously we all know that the father is a complete I guess milk toast would be like the word. Just he oh, has yeah. no spine. And he's just let life walk all over him. He's the nice guy, but too nice. He's constantly being um, borderline abused. Possibly borderline. He is being abused. He's being abused life. by Biff. Oh, my God. And, and oh, Biff, Biff gets in an accident, and it's, his, and it's George's fault. Who With George's there's car. A blind, there's a blind spot. It wasn't in my other car. <laughs> he says he spilled beer on himself when he got hit. Yeah, and then I spilled so beer good. on myself, and that's all your fault. And I didn't really think about that, but I mean, he's drinking and driving, which you're not supposed to be doing in the first place. Yeah, he just especially <laughs> having a beer in your hand while you're driving in someone else's car of all things. <laughs> but maybe the '80s it wasn't as big of a deal as it would be like in 2022, 2023. Uh, yeah, no, it was a big deal. Still legal. Still, you still couldn't do that. It's still okay. a stupid thing you couldn't do. Wisconsin uh, might have been able to. Who knows? Uh, maybe Hill Valley. I don't know. Does anyone know what state <laughs> Hill Valley is in? By the way, I don't know. I'm All sure this useless trivia we've amassed over the years about this celebrated film, we don't know where Hill Valley. What state? Is it a they never mentioned it. No, I'm just saying. Uh, it's supposed, supposed to be California. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so we we also have to talk about 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 Lorraine and her drinking problem. Oh boy. They Forgot. aged her poor Leah Thompson. They aged her horribly. Uh-huh. Like the worst care, like they each her worse than everybody else. <laughs> the bald guy is the same. Crispin Glover just has some gray hair, and Leah Thompson they put freaking tons of makeup on her face and everything. Um, and I don't even Biff, think Biff's they pretty similar. Lloyd. <laughs> Biff looks rough no. in 4K, Biff, 4K okay, UHD. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's the She's meant to look rough too, just so you can get that kind of glow up at the end when they when he <laughs> yeah. changes the timeline. Yep. She still right. looks rough, even in that one. Yeah. No, I don't. I disagree. I, I think fine. Yeah. They had to make her look some kind of old, I guess. Hey, at least she didn't yeah. fuck a duck in this movie, so I'm okay. Oh yeah. dear God! I forgot she was in that. Yeah. I like Howard the Duck. Might you be would. Minus the interspecies. <laughs> hey, Mike loves me. I'm not your wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, being introduced to the family is just—I I really got a kick out of it, and I wasn't. Again, it's another part where, like, I thought I've seen parts of this movie, and I did not because I did not remember that ending at all. That was all brand new to me when it comes to the future, and you know, things are different. Like the whole point where it shows you where the brother is just, you know, a pizza deliver pizza, you know, works at a pizza place, and you know, this meant to be that they all kind of failed at life in a way. Mm-hmm. It kind of what it was going for, even though I don't consider it that way, but that's how they were kind of going. Yeah, but I feel like they kind of because the dad was like a coward. Yeah, no, I mean that's that, yeah. that leaked to the. Well, family. yeah, they will. I mean that's a, that's a real thing for a lot of people. I think. That's but, sad. Don't make a lie. Mounted anything. I'll say it's a you know nurture rather than nature kind of thing. You know, I think it's yeah. people. You know, parents set examples. You know, and and that and that kind of thing. Yeah, obviously, that does not have to be the way, but I guess for this family, it was. And again, everything is setting up. I, I, I completely forgot that Lorraine's an alcoholic. <laughs> I did too. I completely I forgot she was yeah. just pouring straight vodka into like, you know, <laughs> one of the <laughs> plastic cup with a couple of things of ice. And yeah, and she's kind of yeah. looking at. Yeah. And, this, and, and the one sad part of this, I really that really hit my wife and I both when we were watching it last night was when she's kind of telling the story for the 80, 80th time about how her and her and my, uh, the father got together and he's just sitting there laughing at the. Uh, Whatever the honeymooners or whatever TV show it was, and it was so sad. Like in a movie that has a lot, mostly light stuff, there are some really sad moments in here, and actually some scary moments too. Oh man, Uh, the look on her face when she says that he kissed her on the dance floor, and she says that was the moment I knew I was going to spend the rest of my life with her, with him, (laughs) and just like all joking tones on her face just drop right then. (laughs) Yeah, holy shit! (laughs) This bottle is now gone. It was sad. It just struck me as sad. And oh, my dreaded and, future right there. <laughs> and Michael J. Fox, he does a great job because he h- hits him, too. It, it hits him in a real place you know, as as a ch- as a child or young person in the family would with a dysfunctional parents who, who do not clearly do not love each other anymore or have forgotten how to do that. And yeah. one of them clearly has a problem and the, they both have problems in their own way. So I mean, it was a bit of a sobering how- moment. No push. He is, for, you know, everything with Biff, like all that, you know, and how he's just, you know, and he like it really kind of plays throughout this movie. It pays off where it's like, you know, he's copying the work and doing it for Biff and Biff is his supervisor. And then you see later on, you know, he's doing the homework for Biff. Like this has never changed. No. And as we line and everything. Yeah. And as we're going to see when we actually get to 1955, it, this movie is not shy about just painting everything in broad strokes, because, again, like you said, everything is like the same line. It's that everything is mirrored with. Very little subtlety. Mm-hmm. But again, I think you have to understand the audience who's going to see this movie. You really can't be coy about you know, how these things work. So, but again, it pays off well and pays off in good stuff. So, yeah. And then it's- uh, we, we kind of skipped over the after school scene when he and Jennifer are talking outside the clock tower because this scene and then again with the family in the next scene that we just discussed both give exposition that we're going to see throughout the rest of the movie pretty naturally. Where the woman comes up and she's collecting money to preserve the clock tower because 30 <laughs> oh, years yeah. ago it was struck by lightning and yep. yada, yada, yada. So we're getting exposition there. And then 
Lorraine telling her kids like, oh, you'll meet someone like I met your father. And then she goes into the backstory that we're going to see later on. It's okay. Yeah, I hate exhibition in movies, but it's done so well here. You like barely notice it. Like if he didn't get the flyer, he just would have been stuck in 1955. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a load bearing. (laughs) That's a load bearing thing. Yeah. The only reason he kept the flyer is because his girlfriend wrote her number on the back of the Mm -hmm. flyer. So good. So so thought out. So thought out. So was that really her number? Like he, they're dating and he doesn't number. know her number? No, it's just staying at her grandparents that weekend. Oh, so there she, we go, the grandparents. See, okay. we didn't have subtitles because my DVD didn't have subtitles for some reason. Oh, sad. I was sad. <laughs> I was also confused. Why don't? Why does the DVD not have subtitles? Probably because it was fucked. <laughs> so, and then it's right after this, you, you, you're introduced to Christopher Lloyd, the doc, for the first time, Doc Brown, in a, in a parking lot. Because mm-hmm. he called him at some point and said, "Hey, meet me at you know, meet me at the at one thirty in the morning at or whatever time." He calls him. <laughs> and he calls him. Did you forget? Yes, yes, he did. Yes. Well, he calls him to tell him to to grab the video camera on the way, and he just happened to to wake him up. Oh, I didn't forget <laughs> that. I'm on my way. That was funny. And this is also parts I had no memory of. So I I know I saw the dinner before, but all this other stuff I don't know if I've ever seen it. If I somehow got up or somehow missed this every time it was on. Mm-hmm. And like we said about Michael J. Fox earlier, I can't imagine anyone else doing this part of Doc Brown other oh. than Christopher Lloyd. Same. Oh, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Apparently, uh, damn it, I just had it. Uh, John Lithgow was the first choice for this character. Oh, interesting. You know, not a bad before, right? choice. Yeah, yeah, not a bad could, choice. Yeah. I think he could do it. I mean, hell, that guy can play a serial killer too. By the way, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see Dexter. him. But obviously, this is no. This this is a this is a celebrated part. Christopher Lloyd still alive. Still 84. 84 years young, that guy. He and he, for him. That much different. he threw away the script when they gave it to him for this movie. <laughs> did, he, oh, did he really? Yeah, he threw it away yeah. and his wife like, you should read that. <laughs> and then he went and read it and signed on for it, but he didn't want to do it. It probably said Spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> I was going to say. Of course he did. If it did, then that's why he threw it away. Of course he did. Wouldn't you? He, he wanted to do theater work, I guess, is what it was mm-hmm. when I was. So that's why he just had no interest in this. Except he, would have he also was in Star Trek 3, The Wrath of, or not The Wrath of God, Star Trek 3, Church for Spock. So I don't understand really where he's like, I, I only do theater type stuff. Like, I've seen other movies you're in, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he would have done a Cuckoo's Nest by now. So he's, uh, he's he did the, the hoity-toity movies. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, he's Spock a, is yeah. actually one of the better Star Trek films. So It's actually not, but that's okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't have him thrown. Search <laughs> block is, is not great, but uh, it's uh, <laughs> all right. Different conversation. It's okay. As long as you don't cut down first contact, I'm all good. Silence. <laughs> first contact's fine. <laughs> um, fine. fine. What was his name? Something Cochran. Wasn't that like the guy who makes the thing? The yes. Rocket, whatever. Samuel Cochran. Yes. 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 Know. So anyway, anyway, I, I'm particular about my Star Trek. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, he's great. Obviously. I mean, iconic role. Classic. Can't, people can't think, can't even think about Back to the Future without Doc in there. He's, it makes sense he did a lot of theater because he's so big. Everything in this movie, he shouts this entire movie. He's like me on this podcast. All I do is shout. He <laughs> shouts. Gigawatt. He's constantly shouting to the point where my wife is like, is he actually insane? And I'm like, maybe. He could be. I don't know. <laughs> it's a fun line between insanity and genius. Exactly. So I, I really, I think she actually meant the actual actor, like the actual actual oh. Chris Floyd, a actual crazy person. Which who knows, maybe. I don't but know. Like, we judge June here in a few years and Roger Rabbit. Yeah, maybe. This is true. 
Another one. Anyway. <laughs> Another fantastic role. Oh, and the me? whole like, like he gets the car set up and you get introduced to the, the time travel machine, which is a DeLorean, <laughs> which right. is funny. Oh, yeah. The DeLoreans are not a good car from what I, yeah, I know. Well. They didn't last long. I don't know how it was of its time, though. Were they it considered? It's no, it did not last well. long at all. It's uh, yeah. less than three years. They're in production and DeLorean went to prison. Oh, yeah. really? There you go. I was oh, actually watching a documentary again before this, but I didn't finish it. But yeah, no, he he ended up facing some legal things. I think it had to do with tax or something. But it was only the model was only active from 1981 to 1983. So by the time of this movie, it was already done. Well, if you're gonna go back in time, might as well do it in style. Yeah, it's definitely an iconic design. I think even beyond this movie, it would have been with the butterfly doors and whatnot. Oh yeah, the going doors. Yeah, and I think. Oh no, he had drug trafficking charges. That's what it was. Like you do. Uh, He needed money to support his. Okay, from what I remember, he needed money to support his car, so he. Ended up taking a deal from I think it was at the the FBI had tricked him okay. and said hey well you know we'll pay you if you get the drugs across for us he said okay and then turned out I think I think it was it was, it was a Libyan terrorist terrorist <laughs> I couldn't never mess with a Libyan I was thinking a lot about that part with the Libyan stuff like were Libyans been like a terrorist someone that we would have been fearing in the eighties because I think it would have been Russians but that would have been more cliche for nineteen eighties maybe it was someone they wanted to use and figure they could do it without offending anyone. I'm sure they offended the Libyans, but if I rem- <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think this would have been when Gaddafi's in power, so that would work. You're the history guy, dude. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mostly asking myself. Yep, I was right. Muhammad, Gaud- uh, yeah, Muhammad Gaddafi was in power at this point, so yeah, that makes sense because he was a dictator who they end up murdering terribly when they t- when they took him out of power. Well, that took a dark turn. Oh, <laughs> all the di- almost all dictators get murdered. By the way, surprise. When you, kill, when you kill your own, when you kill your people for a certain amount of time and torture them, they tr- they torture you back. Like, but yeah, no, that makes sense. Libyan works because it would have been Gaddafi and he was a terrible dictator. So okay, what a fun <laughs> anecdote. Yes. But when Mike's gonna, Mike's gonna, it's right. Mike's gonna write a book called, titled "If You're a Dictator, People Kill You." That's gonna be <laughs> the, uh, the title of that particular uh, tome. Hey, most of them. The history has. There's some. I, <laughs> Bill, why are you encouraging the trainer? Stop it! All I could think about sometimes is the one time we were doing some podcast, some show, some Marvel thing, and I got him to talk about FedEx for like five minutes about how like kind of boxes oh, and stuff. Uh, and it's and in I the kept, Civil War. Yeah, I kept poking and I kept poking because I decided, you know, what, this episode's not long enough. And I just well, kept doing it. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Exactly. <laughs> All right, to cover that movie. So let's so. The design, the design of the DeLoreans, gorgeous. I think again, uh, iconic. I love the fact that everything just seems held together with duct tape and a prayer. It is just wires on the side. Nothing seems. Yeah. It's not sleek inside, but it's freaking cool. Like mm-hmm. it, it all, and everything seems to make sense. It's eighty sci-fi, cool. It's eighty sci-fi, and it's great. It's un, un uncluttered. It's it's a it's a lot of fun to be. And I got the, the design of that. The Lorian just lends itself well to time travel. It looks space age. It looks modern. You know, it's a, again of its time. Even now, I, I think comes out, and I'm just ah, oh, my heart goes a flutter because it's so freaking cool. I can't imagine what that must have looked like in 1985. It's a cool reveal, but how did he get it in that trailer? Did he like drive it in and close the door just just so he could have the you reveal wouldn't... when Martin gets there? <laughs> the door where you would not be fitting in that door. It's not, a, it's not a Tesla. It's that design. It's not a Tesla. It doesn't like go kind of straight in the now. It's that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Oh, it wouldn't maybe work. I, maybe Einstein drove it in. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, it has, like, it has a remote control. No, it has oh, it a does have a remote control. Oh, yeah. But he's already in it. So, like, he got in and then closed the door to the trailer. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was, oh, he comes out of the car, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I okay, I'm going to stop cinema sins in this. I refuse to let people do this. The whole idea, like, the first thing to do, hey, we're going to test time trails. Let's test the dog. We don't know if this is going to work. Let's put the dog in there. Oh, I was like, I'm dying. Like... Maybe you start with some, you know, organic matter that isn't a dog, isn't alive, and see what happens, like a goldfish or something, you know, not a dog, but hey, no, it, it works. It happens differently with humans, probably. Yeah, or not with dogs. Dogs wouldn't matter. matter. <laughs> it would be more chimpanzee that's closer to us. I mean, organic. I, oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm. And Einstein's such a good boy. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it was good. I I, I did like it because <laughs> it gives you that that second. You're like, the dog gonna come back? Is everything gonna be okay with the dog? <laughs> like it makes more sense. But I was just thinking to myself, like, hmm, you know, you could you could almost sacrifice your dog here. I like how he seatbelted him in, though. Good boy, Einstein. Uh-huh. Bye. <laughs> see, you, see you in a minute. <laughs> we get you for this one scene in this movie and one scene in two and then not in three at all. <laughs> and then this is when you have the, the while you're doing this and you get in the car ready up to, to go again. You show the whole scene, with the plutonium. You have a small part where he's like, yeah, I paid some some Libyus terrorists paid me to make a bomb and I returned them back with garbage, essentially. We get the, the exposition of how he invented the flux capacitor that's going to come back around. Oh, yeah, because he tells us about 1955. On this day, he invented it when he hit his head. Yeah, good stuff. It's cool how, how much stuff comes around in this movie, and it all works. And I had actually had no idea. So one of the podcasts I listen to uh, quite often is Kendall Cast, but he's been a like, friend of the show. And in his opening, he has 1.21 gigawatts. I never knew what movie that was from. And I'm like, ah, so that's what movie this is from. Are you kidding me, Mike? You're I like, no idea. I guess I'm the only person so ever. You, you are the. <laughs> that's it. You're fired from your own podcast. <laughs> it's okay. It's games my mom found. That movie's my mom found. It's okay. True. <laughs> Even though it should be at this point with the amount of movies we covered. But hey. So, no, that was something I was thought of. Like, yeah, I never. That's how I knew I'd never seen this movie all the way through because I had no idea what, where that line was from. Wow. So, yeah. No, it, that it's reminds really cool. me also, of. Oh sorry. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say they took it took three DeLoreans that they used to make that machine and all sorts of other parts, but they had three DeLoreans oh, they were taking parts from. Oh, okay. Interesting. I wonder why. I, maybe because they're a piece of junk and no one could find oh, it. So, I mean, at this point, it was it was done. It it failed miserably. It's just become an icon because of this movie. But at the time, the car was not in good standing. There were a lot of unfulfilled orders and stuff like that, and a lot of orders that they couldn't they couldn't sell this car. That's why you don't see them anywhere ever <laughs> in history. Really, you don't see people driving them. They're all back it's in time now. <laughs> and then you like everything leading up to Doc getting shock. I feel, I, I feel like it's very good tension and very good drama. Like you know, the Libyans are driving a freaking like minivan from the seventies, which is kind of odd. Yeah, but m- microbus. Yeah, but okay, so but funny. it works. And like the the fact that the gun gets jammed, I'm like, yep, that's accurate. Cold War technology gun would have been from the time probably gotten from Libya would have gotten from Russia after Cold War and it's like yeah that all makes sense Only Mike but it's garbage and doesn't work very well because the AKs are also notorious for jamming I think so but lucky they have a bazooka for some reason that was so a big rocket launcher so yeah. funny you're <laughs> like forget it I was saving this for a heavy in my video game but you know what forget it I'm gonna take out some of this chaff with it and I it's I love the, uh, the the chase scene again it's very well scripted it's very well choreographed and it's fast quick it's in it's out it's a minute and you're on to the next thing it, this movie really understands pacing and how to let's not linger on things too much unlike us on this podcast where <laughs> i especially linger on this is also the much. first scene that they shot with marty or not marty but michael j fox is the oh, scene really? in the parking lot okay yeah this was the, the first thing they shot with him in the middle of the night after he just got done filming family ties and then 
got dropped off with no sleep to go film this. He took a nap in the limo. Yeah, I mean, because literally they in, in this they talk in the document they talk about how he like he barely slept. He just was working all the and time. Sophie looks like he's tweaked. That's why. Yeah, because he has no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Which adds kind of to the stressed anxiety thing in the future, I guess. <laughs> I love the the visual comedy when uh, Doc's driving the car directly at him and Marty kind of steps out of the way. And he looks at Marty, <laughs> looks at the ground, and Marty moves back. No <laughs> words. Very, very funny. Because she doesn't trust them, which I get it. I, I would have done the same thing. Like, uh, maybe we should. Yeah, no shit. If this didn't work, they're both just gone. <laughs> this is like, we're ride or die with this one. We're ride or die. Either this thing it. goes into the future or we explode into a thousand pieces. Yeah, Either way. 88 miles an hour, you're done. If his calculations are collect, correct. Yeah, exactly. And of course, he has no way of knowing. But, oh, yeah, actually, he can't see. And that was interesting, too, because as he's like accelerating it with the e-brake on, which, of course, can't be a thing. Like the, the miles per hour seem like they're going up, which I'm like, that's not how speed armors work. I guess they no, could. I was thinking the same thing when he's just sitting there gunning it. Like, that's not how this works. I know. I was like, <laughs> but must okay. be measuring the RPMs. But anyway, so that, yeah, that's the so that's the thing. It goes and does correct. Great. Yeah, see, <laughs> my, <laughs> my calculations are incorrect. We're both fucked. <laughs> yeah, we're about doomed. Wait, look at the bright so. side. They might not know because you get hit by a car, idiot. It might be instant. <laughs> You're just done. Plus, it's still going. So, depending on where, if you get crushed by it, you will never know you were wrong. Because it'll keep getting crushed by it. Well, if it hits you right and your head goes underneath it, it's over. (laughs) So yeah, I don't care how it hits you, unless it like hits you on your pinky toe. You're pretty much going to be uh, decimated. So yes, I know it's it's a very interesting. You're wrong, but also shows how confident Doc is in his his science. True, and we find out later. You know, of course, when he. He shouldn't be. You're right, because we find out in 1955, this is the first thing I invented. It actually works. I think he actually might have said that. Did he say that in the present day? He did say that. Yeah, which means he is a man who is confident in the face of constant failure. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, I wish I could be that person. Confident in the face of constant failure. I am insecure in the face of relative failure. And I got to respect that about Doc. He believes in his signs so much, he's willing to take a DeLorean to the face. (laughs) <laughs> to prove himself right. So, and the whole idea that, like, the way that Marty ends up in this, you know, in this predicament is he jumps in the car to escape the terrorists, and he doesn't, even though he saw the car go through time, he's not trying to go through time. He's no. just trying to escape and didn't realize maybe you should turn off things before, you know. But I get it. Yeah. He, the moment you're being shot at, like you're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. But because it, it's, a, it's a good scene. Doc was telling about 1955. That's the date he punched into the the chronometer, whatever the time circuits. <laughs> Whatever the fuck he called it. Chronometers. <laughs> Let's see if you bastards can do 90. That's what he put into the epoch. <laughs> you know, that's, it. that's it. Kept fighting the urge to make Chrono Trigger references. Because <laughs> Bill's talking about the, the clock with the guy in the lamppost. I'm like, that just sounds like the end of time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it does. End of time. Very good. Well, the guy in the, the guy in the lamppost was uh, very, very drunk, clearly. So yeah. it was intended to be that. I mean, if you're stuck Not in the that. end of time, maybe he's You're drunk right too. alone. Fair point. He does have a big it's bubble that comes out of his nose constantly when you, when you talk about him. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows what that blue new is uh, brewing back there in his room? So we, uh, yeah, it's all great. This is all great. It's all good tension, good action. I gun doc, doc getting gunned down. I forgot how violent that was. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not it really blood is. and guts and spurring, but he is pretty clear. He is gunned down, and uh, and again, it's a very pretty stunning moment. And you're right. He just tries to get away. Everything's enabled. He hits 88 miles an hour. He has that lovely line. Let's see if this thing can go 90. We and the yeah, audience are going. Can. Giggly, giggly, giggly. It won't because it's going to stop. And boop. <laughs> next thing you know, he is in 1955 barreling through a field. 
that of course was pre- previously set up. The guy mm-hmm. makes Doc says, "Oh, this used to be Doc something, old yeah. something, somebody's old farm. man Peabody." Yep. Oh, and yeah, again, and it, feels, see. and it feels natural because that's what people say in small towns when things get bigger. Yeah, we go to people say in cities sometimes. <laughs> well, we go well, we, we go to Iowa often, not often, but once in a while I go to Iowa for my wife. She has family in Iowa, and every time we're there, it's like, oh, this this used to be just farmland. Like these store, there's nothing here past the street. It was just my open experience. Like Let's go a little farther north. I'm sure it's always farmland somewhere in Iowa. Uh-huh. Yep. Minnesota. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but Iowa seems worse. <laughs> Farmland I met a guy from and Iowa lots. And he's like, I'm like, what's in Iowa? He's like, nothing. That's why I don't live there anymore. So. <laughs> Farmland and lots of politics. Lots and lots of politics. Take your guess on what sort of politics <laughs> are there in the outskirts of Iowa and Kansas and such. Anyway, oh, I can let's guess. Keep, yeah, you can guess. But we're going to keep this train rolling. Let's keep <laughs> this. Uh, let's keep this DeLorean rolling through the fields until he crashes into the barn. That should have killed him instantly. But okay. <laughs> Man, like the speed at which he enters that barn, he should have went right out the other end. Right out the other side, yes. Oh, he was going 80 something, so yeah. And he just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, no, he, yeah, you're right. He would not be okay. <laughs> He's lucky he didn't hit one of the cows directly next to the car. Did he even have a seatbelt on? Oh, I'm sure he didn't click in. Uh, like, no. no, because he would have been just running away from the Libyans. He probably wouldn't have had time. Oh, I better buckle up while they're shooting at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to get a ticket. <laughs> the, 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 the rocket launcher at my at my tail is the most concerned. Yeah, I should have died. He didn't though. The the <laughs> hay stopped him. He's got started. he's got plot armor. He's the main character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As he was barreling along, he picked up a couple armor pickups along the way. He's fine. <laughs> And I do as, like when he gets when they when they go to they go to him in the barn. They're like it's a spaceship. The guy pulls out a comic. The kid does, which again <laughs> yep. makes perfect sense for 1955. That idea. Yeah, man from Pluto. And then he comes out in that space in the you know in the radioactive suit. And look, it does look like a space suit. <laughs> like I thought all that was again no no recollection of this scene whatsoever. So I must have missed this part too. And I'm like, okay, this is funny. Like this this works. But I did remember him hiding the car behind the sign. I knew that was coming. I had that. So I think I picked. I would have started watching the movie around that point, and then watched for a bit before I walked away again. I don't know. And as and since we're now in 1955, I do want to state real quick that the I like how this movie, while it paints 1955 with this kind of idyllic sheen, it goes. To, it, it makes it very clear this is not a perfect society, right? I think a lot of times we think of the 50s as this the crown jewel of America, you know, and, you know the, <laughs> the the big old chunky cars and the filling up station and everything's nice and clean. Get your and plasmas here. Get your that's plasmas. Right. That too. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. It is no is nothing's wrong. And it it shows a little bit. There's splashes of hey, this is still a very racist society, and you know there's still bullies at school. And there's rape, you know, <laughs> like uh-huh. there's there. It's it's good. And I because I think sometimes in film, especially in you know, these earlier movies, we painted the, we still do. We paint the 50s with this really glossy brush. Right. Like we kind of like now paint the late 90s with the big glossy <laughs> brush. Like everything was great in the 90s. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Celebrity mm-hmm. Deathmatch was an actual thing like that. People ex- <laughs> thought it was acceptable to watch. <laughs> this is fine. Go ahead. Show this on television. Like. Hey, we were at war for no again for no damn reason. The government was still lying to us. Yes, gas was cheap, but and the Spice Girls were a thing. But hey, so I don't know. So I, I'm just glad this movie doesn't completely brush that over and it splashes it in because you don't want to make it too heavy handed because this is again a movie for teenagers, right? Yeah. Like, it's a teenager. 
there's a funny part in 1955 when he sees a theater and the movie has Ronald Reagan in it, which yeah, again yeah. pays off when he's like, who's the president? Ronald Reagan. Oh, yeah, okay. They don't believe him. And I'm the like, oh, I wish you were right, Doc Brown. I <laughs> wish you were right. But that was, that was a really funny part, which I think would have really worked for the 80s, too. Again, guy watching this in 2023 thought differently, but that was funny. <laughs> Do we, are, we, are we past Mr. Peabody's farm? Yeah. Because that uh, comes out with a shotgun. Branches you want to say it. Yeah. Doc yes. mentions that he's trying to yeah. breed pine trees, so... He, Marty takes out from the the twin pine mall, and then he runs over one of his pine trees on the way out. And uh, you don't even know it's it's Peabody until he goes to shoot the mailbox. So it kind of like puts those pieces together there. Or the part where he decimates the mailbox when he shoots the the garage, the barn door doesn't do nearly as much damage. (laughs) Yeah, right. I was like, hmm, I don't think that's how a shotgun works, guys. <laughs> well, that was kind of one my that was like my lead in for 1955 because and it's again showing how people, human beings, still wow, space person. Okay, let me get my shotgun and murder it because mutate, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so again, get one of those things. Not glossing over. It was it was really really cool. Uh, so, and then like scene- where, that scene where it shows 1955, like you're talking about, everything's all clean and shit. I wanted to ask, Bill, was this what it was like back then? Well, back in my... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting months to drop that gem. <laughs> That's good, good. I'm glad you polished it off, just like the fitting station where eight people descend hey. the vehicle. Let me check your fluids. Let me check your tires. Yeah, Clean your windshield. No. Why not? Why can't we have that? Again? I don't even want people to talk to me when I go to a store. No shit. I don't want somebody to clean my windshield or fill up my gas tank for me. No, I'm good. Rub your hands off of my vehicle, please. <laughs> Actually, there, there are there are places in in Texas at least where you can still get what they call full service, which you pay more per gallon. But they'll come and they'll check your oil and check your. There's like one gas station I'm aware of in the entirety of Austin, Texas. Can they reload the, your uh, gun for you too? Check you sure, sure. Yes, they'll clean your revolvers for you. Of course, right, make sure nice and and of course in uh, New Jersey is still the only place, uh, only state in the country anymore where it is illegal to pump your own gas. So if you want that experience, you can Why? sit in your car and wait. Wasn't Oregon like that too? too Oregon recently? was. Oregon got its Oregon got its shit together and stopped with that nonsense. It is illegal <laughs> to pump your own gas in New Jersey. Uh, they will chase you away. So you, they what do you do? The partner out. system? Nope. I'm not pumping my gas. I'm pumping my the other guy's gas over there. He's pumping my <laughs> gas. So that's how works, so. You have to be a licensed gas station attendant <laughs> to dispense gasoline into your gas tank, sir. That you sit there, and someone comes out, mutters to you. You give them a credit card. They do all the thing for you, and you and they stay in the cold, and you sit there feeling elitist in your nice warm vehicle while somebody. <laughs> Awkwardly, it's but it's but it's such a New Jersey thing. It will never go away. It is such a source of Jersey pride. It will never happen. You'll get voted down. It's insane. They it's, pay those people good. I I doubt it. No, no, they do not. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's if you want that experience, by all means. New Jersey. Okay. They can touch all over our car. I'm good. And I know when I worked at Sam's Club, that was one of the things they used. To, they would make the Sam's Club guy. They'd want him to do like, oh, go out there and help pump people's gas. And they used to be like, get the fuck away from me. I'm looking at people like you're insane. Once I moved to Texas, and even in New York, you do it yourself. You go to New York City, well, there's gas stations. I mean, the real point of, with Sam's Club, they wanted you to try to sell credit cards to people while they're filling up your gas. To make them go into the store that they probably just left and go fill up and go get a credit card. Didn't work very well, by the way, if you can believe that. But yeah. Shocking. Shocking. You know, anyway. It's my store, too, that I worked at because I worked at other stores. And like, no, the guy gets to stay inside the hut and stay warm. I'm like, oh, that's nice. In our, in our place, they want him outside freezing to death. But hey, all right. This anyway, is so, yeah. So I like the fact that we, uh, so yeah, he he escapes, yeah, you know, the gun toting Peabody. 
He runs out of gas right by the billboard, hides the car. Cool. Walks the two miles to Hill Valley, and we get the big reveal of 1955 Hill Valley. Looks very nice, very pleasant, very manicured, very, uh, you know, everything's five cents and ten cents. You get the <laughs> filling station, which I always, I always appreciated. You have the soda pop shop where he goes to weird. use the phone. Fo- oh, yeah. Wait, no, never mind. That'll be later. Okay, no, keep going. Yeah, I just, I'm just blowing through this because I don't think there's a lot to dine on here that we haven't dined on already in Hill Valley. So anyway, mm. mirrors it. Mir- we know what Hill Valley looks like. We're getting all the stops. We're looking at all the things. And his astonishment. I like how everyone's everyone looking look, looking at him like he's insane because what he's wearing. Mm-hmm. I like they, that too. They, 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 they think he's a, yeah. They think he's like yeah. a longshoreman or something. Like just come back. I think his jacket's a life preserver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after the fifth person commenting on it, I would just chuck it. I mean, yeah, right. Just like taking it. Out. In the original shot, he didn't have the jacket with the other actor. It was just a guy wearing a black coat, looked like he fit in. They did the jacket with. Michael J. Fox, and he played the comedy part up for it, where before it was a serious part, where the guy's like, "What the fuck? Where the fuck am I?" Which is the real how you should be feeling. But <laughs> that sounds his, fun, his, though. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah made to be a comedy No, I know, and it works better. I'm just saying, like, that. no, I'm just asking. It's made to be a comedy. Yeah, it was a comedy. Okay. Just the, the actor they first hired didn't didn't they care. Didn't do it right. He wasn't. Okay. He was a comedic actor. Oh, well, that's sad. I guess he was like hard to work with too. I can see that. Like, especially you don't want to be here. You're just kind of <laughs> here. Yeah, there. Because you did not. Oh yeah, when they first like when they were doing the table read, there's a there's a line in the documentary where they talked about he's like, Oh, this ending is so sad and they're like, What? He's like, He he comes back and everything is different and, and things are and, he, and they live his whole life and he doesn't know what's going on. For the whole rest of his life he's gotta live in denial and I'm like, Right. But how did he get the part then? <laughs> he already got the part by that point. But how? It sounds like he didn't even want to do the one movie. of the guys that was handing the paycheck liked him and said, You get him or you don't get your money. Oh interesting. That's kinda how it works. So you know, the magic of motion pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it every time I hear that voice, my brain goes to Bioshock now with you, Bill? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, well, listen, it's my it's my one go-to, okay? Listen, <laughs> I only got a few trees to sleep. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I just do that on my own. I just do that on my own. Well, no one around. Hello there. Why, yeah. I just keep thinking of <laughs> a circus of value. Okay, so then you, you get to the diner, and then you have him meet his father, which this is a good scene when he's like, you're George McFly, and the guy's like, yeah. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I really like that. And I like how much of a geek and just, well, dork and more than other things that George is when he first meets him. He hasn't like, really changed. No, he hasn't. No, nothing's changed. Like, stru- first yeah, it, see, Biff, yeah, Biff is the same, too. Everyone's the same. Like, yeah, no one changes. No one arcs in Hill Valley. You know, everyone is kind of just the same as they were in high school, which, yeah, fine for a Except movie for like Leah this. Thompson. She wasn't, al- she, well, I guess she, she was alcoholic. She was more horny in the 50s. And she was oh, like, there's a line I think we skipped in the diner, uh, not the diner, but when they, in the dinner where she's like, I wasn't doing any of that when I was your age. I wasn't yeah, chasing right. boys or smoking or drinking. So funny. <laughs> Sitting in a parked car with a boy. We're just going parking. Which is so funny because, again, as, as somebody in the audience watching this who probably has a parent who says that, all the damn time. When I was your age, I never smoked reefer. I never stole from the liquor cabinet, except that one time I did before prom, and I took it and I drank it with a person I barely met who came out of a spaceship. That yeah, all right. We all <laughs> and the kids like all know that's nonsense, right? And you learn, but then you learn like twenty years later, and you're talking to your dad or your mom, you know, and you're like thirty or forty. And you're like, it's like, oh my god, you just sneak out all the time. You're like, why come you gave me so much garbage about it when I was doing it when I was a kid, right? But. You try to raise your kids better than you were yourself. That's just how it works. But yeah, it's uh, it's very, very funny. Very rings true, too. I, I got a kick out of it. Yeah, so I think we're at the point where... We see Biff. Yeah, no one again. No one's arced or changed in, in, the, in the 30 years that have elapsed. 
which again is very on the nose. And when I was watching it this time around, it struck me as like, yeah, and super on the nose. But again, I keep in mind who this is for. Yeah, we we're painting we're painting this movie in broad strokes because it's because again we got to keep this tight and um, yeah lots of recurring themes gives him the noogie does the little fake out <laughs> I always feel bad for George because it's clearly he has some sort of of mental illness he struggles with something like I'm not a psychiatrist so I'm not gonna say what he's got an anxiety or he has some deep seated deep seated stuff going on and of course in the 50s you're just like oh yeah just a weird kid like, see there you are again there you are again. <laughs> Hey, weirdo, go on the sports team or something. I don't know. I think it's just because Christopher Glover is a weirdo. It just so plays into the character. Peter, oh God, what was it? Peter, it, what, he, wouldn't be, he wouldn't be Cecil the Lion. He would be whatever the other thing is. What are you talking about? It's a, a <laughs> Bioshock <laughs> Infinite DLC joke. Peter the Parasite. That's, is that what you're saying? Ah, Peter the Parasite? Yes, ah, Peter the Parasite. The, yes. Ah. <laughs> and I know yeah. that joke took a while for me to dig out, but <laughs> I wanted to make it. What is a Those DeLorean? A miserable yeah. piece. That's why people sorry, come to the show. To Tiff, hear I'm random so sorry. comments from jokes that we made and over Bill, two years ago sometimes. And Bill's voice. Yes. <laughs> and I stepped all over you, Tiff. What were you saying? No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on then. So And then he yeah. follows George because he's trying I think he's just trying to figure out what to do with his, you know, with his parents and stuff. And so oh, the whole story they also hear is how George got hit by, you know, Lorraine's father's car. But they never said how or why. <laughs> he never <laughs> mentioned when what they bring it up. What was it, George? Bird watching? Because he had the, he would have had the binoculars. Because yeah. I think that oh. she said that she said, "What were you doing up in that tree, honey?" And he was. He ignores like, her. Uh. <laughs> I mean, you think thirty years later, you might have been like, <laughs> "I was watching like you." He never told her. I get not saying in front of the kids, but it looked like she really didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was that's funny. We find out he's well. They said peeping tom. I was thinking other things, but Perfect. yeah, yeah. I mean, Same you're. Thing. Stalker. I mean, there's lots of other words that would work there where you climb up in a branch and watch some girl undress. Like, I mean, she shouldn't be dressing in front of an open window. He didn't need binoculars to see that. <laughs> he was just getting really in good there. <laughs> and then there's that when, when, and then when, and then Marty pushes him out of the way. When Marty gets hit by the car, I think he makes a comment how he's, this is not the first time he's hit some. Hit a boy in front of her house. <laughs> Another one of those kids jumped head. out in front of my car. Like, how so often does this happen? It's such a funny throwaway <laughs> joke. Like, Wait, how many kids does he hit? <laughs> it's like they're all just watching her undress. Like, everybody knows, hey, she undresses in the window. Let's go watch. <laughs> so it's such a funny beat. Uh, it's such a funny joke. Another one of those kids jumped out. So that's when we, uh, he, he, I guess he's kind of injured as a bruise, right? So they bring him upstairs. And that's when we meet. Shot of him like hitting the pavement makes my my back of my skull hurt. That looks hard. <laughs> he clung to and like he like gave it like, good. Yeah, cushion for Tiffany. Yes, it is. <laughs> so that we uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, so we we get to the point where he's now upstairs. He's recovering. We now meet young Lorraine. Of course, he is Played by Leah Thompson. Yeah, by Leah Thompson, of course, and the great Leah Thompson. She's excellent in this whole role. Uh, oh, yeah. She's she's very very good. I mean, I, I sound redundant saying that because everyone in this movie is really really good. Yeah, it's not a not a blemish in the cast. And yeah, this is so weird. I don't know how I would have felt about <laughs> it as like a sixteen year old watching this in nineteen eighty five. I am a forty year old man watching it now, and I know how I feel now. <laughs> but I like very very Oedipus. I like yes. how she talks and she still sounds like her, like she's been smoking for 30 years and drinking. But then you turn on the light and she's all young and suddenly her voice changes. 
it's good filmmaking stuff. I get it. <laughs> I like how he thinks it's like he's because he hears his mom. Like he hears yeah, the voice so, of his mother, right? And so he thought it was a dream. Yeah, he's like, I was a dream of the weirdest thing. And she's like, what about 1955 or whatever it was? And it's very good. I think now watching it, I'm not going to give it like the creepy Beetlejuice treatment. where No, it's, it's nowhere gross. near that. No, it's, but it's very playful and silly and funny. And yes, you're supposed to be grossed out by it because it is his mom. But you yes, can also empathize with know, him. You know, exactly. And there's no way she could even, even of course. fathom that yeah, idea. I so would... it's not like Beetlejuice, you know, and I'm going to make this comment again later. Oh, you know, trying, you know, putting his hand up her skirt or whatever the hell he does. And Beetlejuice. Her boob. Uh, <laughs> like, this right. isn't played for, I mean, it's played for laugh, but it isn't. The characters aren't being malevolent. Gross. Is maybe a word I want. <laughs> not too. Gross. Okay, that's a better yeah, word. Or malevolent. We'll either either yeah, I it's, liked his yeah. when he was having like a crisis. You're my mom, but you're hot. You're hot. Uh, Say the word. So hot. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like it's, it's playful. Yeah. What he should think or feel at the moment. <laughs> it's it's playful and understandable, right? And yes. it's a it's an extreme situation by an impossible. It's an, it's, it's an impossible situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like this this thing cannot happen. So we can always kind of like dive into that, like mentally say, ah, this is a silly situation. It can't happen. This is not yeah. like irreversible or something where it's like this brutal depiction or anything it's fine it, we're we are okay to enjoy this and be grossed out because it is yeah but also a 17 year old boy across across the bed from a, a hot 17 year old girl like oh wait that's my mom don't know that's weird <laughs> and everybody and he's having an appropriate reaction like his act his reaction to these things are very appropriate he is allowed to be like wow this is a attractive 17 year old girl and then at the very next moment saying, but she's my mom. And this is horrifying and gross and I can't. And that's <laughs> that, that is very, very funny and, and good. So, yeah, I love that. I think it's so fun and very good. I, I did laugh because there's a, another part that pays off where they go downstairs and he meets one of the ki- one of his future uncles <laughs> or is, you know, and, he, and the guy Jail behind bars is like, you better get used to this. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah. didn't mention that in the, the earlier dinner scene where she throws down the cake. So we're going to have to eat this. Uncle Joey didn't make Pearl again. <laughs> Such a funny man. Oh. Gilbert Joey. <laughs> Get used to those bars. <laughs> he says to the baby. <laughs> those bars, kid. It was fucking funny. I'm like, it's okay. Great. this. I just, again, like Bill said earlier, everything pays off. Even dumb little jokes of the cake, everything pays off. And even like here where they have the TV, right? They're bringing in TV to watch, uh, I think it was laughing or something they're watching. The, or, the Honeymooners. It's the same episode that the, the George same is episode. Watching. Oh, this yeah. is a classic. I've seen this on reruns. What's, What's a, a rerun? rerun? <laughs> You'll find out. And they ask him, how many TV? He's like, he's like, oh, he's like, how he mentions he has like two TVs. And mom's like, come on, honey. He's kidding. Nobody has two television sets. <laughs> it's it's all great set dressing, and again, was it's constantly reminding us where he is uh, because let's be honest, the inside of a house in the fifties is, I'm sure, different de- decorated, but still the same family dynamic. So, kind of reminding us with these little, all these jokes and these fish out of water jokes are really, really good and smart. And they're fun and they're 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 great. Then he just leaves because he because because Lorraine's like, you can stay in my room tonight. <laughs> Boom, grabs the leg. Back up a minute. I forgot to yes. ask a question. <laughs> So oh, I'm sorry, the bedroom go ahead. scene when he wakes up, why does he have his pants off? Did she take his pants off for some reason? I asked that question myself. I don't know. <laughs> Was that it's her funny. room? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I didn't know what to think. Like, And she's like, oh, I've never seen anybody with purple underwear, Calvin. Like, yeah, let's just be so they can get the, the Calvin Klein joke the running. Calvin Klein. <laughs> I don't know. I thought joke. the same thing. I thought the same thing. I'm like, why <laughs> I are thought his pants off? An answer oh no, he hurt his head. Let's take his pants off. <laughs> 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 I 
Check his pulse. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. Make sure he's more comfortable. Let's get him naked. There we go. Dang it. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> and then chain him up in the basement. That, that's the next part that goes along with that weirdness. So. Oh, dear. Pulp Fiction, what I'm, making, what I'm thinking of. <laughs> that's, yeah, well, I know that's a good movie, by the way. So, and, and then you go, yeah, like you said, he goes to visit Doc. All that, I, I, I really like that. And, like, how Doc wants nothing to do with him at first. And then, like, gotcha. he has to, you know, get Doc to trust him in the whole way, you know, because Doc's like, I don't have time for this. You're like, I'm from the future. Oh, no, you're not. You're just some, you know, liar. And then when he says, well, you hurt yourself because you did the flexion pass today, you know, you hit your head and you came up with this and all that. And I really, I thought that was really good. Again, pays this, off. This is also the first time we see the picture of him and his siblings. And uh, Dave's hair is cut off. And Doc points it out. I was like, oh, it's pretty shoddy forgery. The, they cut off your brother's hair. Where it's starting to disappear already because he's oh, already messed with his couldn't. parents. Because you don't listen. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds <laughs> I guess a quick, a better question: Would would they have had color pictures like that? I mean, I know they color pictures, but would they have had like photography where you could go to like the Instamarts or whatever it was? I think and, in '55 you would have developed have, have film developed at the store. I don't. Maybe I don't know. That's a genuine question. I don't know. But would they have <laughs> had like anything with? photography trickery <laughs> where you could change yeah color photography started in 1861 so there would have been stuff didn't... then i mean i'm sure there could have been something i mean hell look at stuff with another history thing since you asked babe i'll tell you more oh, okay. uh, like with stalin for example so, he had pictures so we... <laughs> where he would take people as as people would you know disearn his favor he would then take the picture and take them out of the picture like there's pictures in history books and things from the communist era where People who pissed off Stalin just disappear from pictures, and they just put different backgrounds in, or they just—they're just the guy's just not there anymore. So yeah, forgery was a thing. Answer your question. You're welcome. Thank you for asking. I didn't ask that, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it! I gotta learn to keep my mouth shut. I agree. That's a good idea. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And everything with Doc, I think, is so good. I, I did find it funny how Doc doesn't look that much different. And he makes mm-hmm. a comment. He's like, I still have hair when he sees the because he eventually tells <laughs> him the video from the future. We get more super quotable lines. Like, do you know what this means? It means that this damn thing doesn't work at all. <laughs> so good. And also when it comes when you talked about how he looks doesn't look much different, they did make do some makeup on him in, in 1985. There he's got mm-hmm. more of like a waddle to his neck. My wife actually pointed that oh, okay. out. Like, did they give everybody just like cranky old person neck? And I, I, I think keep, they kind of yeah. keep fighting the urge to talk about two because the, like we talk about the parallels in this movie between one and two, they parallel everything. And I guess in two, he just didn't want to do the old man makeup anymore. So they de-aged him like they even gave him a throwaway line. It's like, oh, yeah, I went to a rejuvenation clinic because he was just, he was just done with it. I don't blame him. I kind of want to see two now. It's so. it's good. It's, it's real good. good. Yep. Okay. I've only seen parts of two, and I when I saw everyone, when I saw Marty dressed up as everybody else, I turned off the movie and never watched it again. Although uh, I'll warn you now that the alternate Biff is based on Trump, so I know that a a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen very, very little of the second movie, less than what I've seen of of, of this movie. Because like later, as we got to the mid part of this movie, all this was familiar. So at different points in my life, I must have sat down and watched this with my dad probably, and saw good chunks of this part. Like every all except no the stuff with Doc Brown when he first meets him all that was brand new to me so I must have walked away at that point. It was very <laughs> interesting. Part was coming where he gets killed. <laughs> no, I mean just like when they see him when he sees him in 1955 with the whole machine you know he tried to read his brain all that. The scary part somewhere was coming. So that was before that 
or after that. Where he but met his mom. So, and she <laughs> that didn't to bother jump me. That should that bothers me more as I'm older, but it didn't bother me when I was younger. I didn't think much about it. Now I'm like, nope, nope, mm-mm, nope. <laughs> no, no. So um, then they, they drive to the car, and this is where the flyer part pays off, where he's like, well, you need, you know, we can't get nuclear energy, you know, plutonium in 1955. I mean, they can, but it ain't gonna be easy. And the whole idea. Showing him the recording. Showing sure the recording on oh, the, uh, yeah. the, the camcorder. I'm sure yes. in 1985, plutonium is on the, on the <laughs> shelf of every drugstore in the country. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> he also thinks this is the he's wearing the suit because of the apocalypse. Like he's like, oh, the, the nuclear yeah, fallout's the, happened. Fall <laughs> the, the atomic wars. I'm yeah, I'm just to be yeah, ahead, like, fair. It almost happened. Does that count? Yeah, sure did. Anyway, so, we have multiple points where we came very. Sure did. Sorry, wow. I got I got distracted. I was uh, I was turning on the air in my room here. It was a little stuffy. It was, I, so I put down the air conditioner to make it a balmy. I mean, for setting. me, I just got to open the door, and I, I won't be I won't be warm long. <laughs> I, just, I just want to tease you about that. Anyway, so um, we, so we're going to so we're at the point. We get to the point. Uh, who doesn't? We uh, <laughs> so we at the point. So we're just again trying to move us along a little bit. We're still in the first third, y'all. By the way, we're still setting things up. We're still setting the table. I know. So we we, we use all the elements. This almost feels like a really good point and click adventure. You know, like all the every all the chat. There's no much chaff in there, and everything I mean, kind of connects they, to each other. They did that. <laughs> the the Telltale game is exactly that. It's basically the fourth movie too. Oh. Really, I, I I never played the. Yeah, we have it. I'll tell you. You tried it once, and didn't like it. <laughs> it's all yeah. It's. But I will it's, play it's kind of clunky, but it, it's all right. It's a there's a story there. And you can't buy it any. You can't buy it anywhere. I'm sure. I don't know. License. I'm. I don't think that. I'm pretty sure that's not one that's not on Steam. Pretty sure. Well, mm. Is it for the PS4? PS3. Yeah, I don't PS3. No. So let's kind of set up where we're at right now. Where <laughs> so so we talked to Doc. They have the paper. They realize, yep, 1.121 gigawatts. He, he doesn't have the plan yet. He hasn't figured out the plan Doc has, but we understand that we have to harness this lightning strike. It's going to happen in a week. Awesome. Now, for the movie, we have our timeline set up. We have our inciting actions already taking place. We're now in 1955. We got to get back. We have to also make sure that all the events that led to the birth of Marty happen. Now, mind you, very broad strokes. Every, a thousand little things can cause someone not to be born. Mm-hmm. But we're just going to focus on the biggies. Hey, 13-year-olds in the audience, we're just going to focus on these things. Y'all can figure it out. He's going to make sure that they kiss at the dance. We've met George. He's exactly the same as he was when he was in, as an adult. This is going to be a problem. The incident that causes this to happen happened wrong. He ruined now, it. He ruined it without even knowing to ruined it. It's now kind of sad. She's that... infatuated with Marty instead yeah. of George. His one Great. shot of, of finding love was getting hit by a car. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's very true. <laughs> so now we are in act two of this, where it's now to kind of move forward and try solving these problems. The big problem at hand is that he needs to get George's confidence up. Um, I love <laughs> the fact that they they go to school, like him and Doc just walk into a school. Hey, 55. <laughs> don't go you to, can do, and, I guess you get yeah, away with that. I guess, and not go to class and just kind of walk around. The scene where, because we've already had one run-in with, no, this is the first run-in with new Biff and his... No, you had a run-in with Biff at the diner. Yeah, the diner. Right, and right. Then he, was, and then we're, God, this one, no, no, he didn't this, fuck with Biff yet. No. no he yeah, ran into yeah. Biff once, saw him, and then this is the first one where he confronts Biff. He saw Biff, but he didn't do anything. Yeah, because he, he got the butthead. And like, what are you doing, butthead? So this is the point where he's trying to get uh, George's confidence up, right? And the cafeteria, hey, Lorraine, she's really into you. Literally not. She's staring at you, but he's trying. (laughs) 
and then um, this is when Biff, I believe, starts bothering Lorraine. Right? He mm-hmm. this is the yes. first of his first of his many attempts to assault her. Fantastic. And all like her girlfriends are just standing around. Everyone's just standing around staring at him, like girlfriends saying, "Yeah, you want it?" Come it wasn't on. Greece take place in the fifties too. Yeah. Did she put up a fight? <laughs> Lorraine yeah. was trying to. She slapped him. She like, bam. I was like, yeah. How many years I, I sang that song with Glee and went, wait a second. Hmm. Hey, don't taint my memories. Okay? <laughs> get your meat hooks off her. Painting my memories. <laughs> yeah, get your meat hooks off her. Yeah. Yeah, don't Beetlejuice <laughs> Reese for poor Tiff here. So... We yeah, she get the meat hooks off of her. Uh, cool, I like this. This is good. You know, again, showing some more character of uh, you know coming to her defense. You know, Marty is he like he kind of goes get your hands off her and he like towers over Marty. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that <laughs> shot. They do it. They do it twice in this movie and they do it in the second movie too, where the camera's behind Biff and you can just see part of Marty's head like over his shoulder. I love that <laughs> shot. Great, it's great, and it's a He's great so confrontation. What's cool is that Marty's willing to take him on. Oh, sorry, yeah. But well, Mar- Marty's willing to take him on. Like Marty's gonna, he's gonna throw down. And of course, the principal is there to uh, stop things. Hey, you wonder how long he has been watching. Yeah, right. He was Good just point. standing there watching Biff assault Lorraine, and now he wants to step in. Well, hey, it is the '50s, so that would have probably been okay. <laughs> taking bets on the side. Yeah, taking so bets on the side. They're two kids in love. It's okay. Hey, the '50s were. I'm pretty sure yeah. a much different time. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously these sort of things happen, but again, I'm sure there was more of a. You know, turn a blind eye to things. You know, these yeah. things don't happen in our boys. quaint little town. Yeah, boys will be boys. Yeah, that's a blast. Yeah, yes, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's been... a scary thing, but yes. We also see in the scene that the George writes science fiction stories. <laughs> Which also yeah, pays his, off. His delivery on everything is, I, I write science fiction stories, but <laughs> I don't want anybody to read them. What if no one likes them? <laughs> and, you know, I've said this a bunch lately, how I don't like mealy mouth morons in my movies anymore. Like, like <laughs> for some reason, he's so endearing in his in his just <laughs> lack of confidence. I don't know why it works. I don't know why Crispin Glover works into so well. And it didn't annoy me because, again, usually when people are mumbling and bumbling, I'm like, shut up. Oh, it's the worst. Hey, you, there's yeah. a really great movie you didn't like because the guy mumbled. Remember that, Mike? Huh? No. Scott Pilgrim. No. He complained oh. about. <laughs> oh, I complained about Scott. I complained. No, I, <laughs> I must have blocked it out already. <laughs> anyway, but I, I, he's, I, this is a good example of him, Crispin Glover, doing really good work. And, I, and he's, he moves. He's constantly moving. Yeah, he like, was like, terrible he, to film with, they said. He's always rubber-armed and unaware of where the camera is in space. Oh, he didn't care. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a scene when they're doing, which is coming up here shortly, where when they're in the backyard. They literally, like, you don't see his feet at one point. They literally put a fence around his feet so he couldn't walk off shot. So he kept just wandering <laughs> so off funny. saying, well, George wants to go over here. Like, yeah, like that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Bill just said, the he, he, spatial awareness is really weird because he's like, I think there's someone else he'd rather go with. And he points to where he thinks Biff is. And then he looks up and you can see his arm jerk over real fast to, to correct where he's pointing to. <laughs> some some director's like, I, I love that. I, but it really kind of works. Out. It's just this very awkward person. He's very awkward and mm-hmm. Ill, oh, yeah. ill-suited to live on this planet. 
<laughs> it's like it's like they replaced his bones with like putty and springs, and he's just like blind, 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 gumbying no all over this. Why he's beaten up in this movie? It's fair. and you and to that point, there really is no wonder why he's picked on. He is just so no. awkward, and strange. But I really enjoy that performance again. Him, oh gee, I, I don't know, and I'm, and I don't know. It didn't annoy me. So good, good on Robert Zemeckis, I guess. I don't know. Just plays it so well. He's so yeah, maybe. I mean, is that just him, or is he? Yeah. Really- that's what I was saying earlier. I think it's just him bleeding <laughs> into his own character. It's just because I mean, <laughs> Charlie's Angel he plays a weirdo too, where like oh, he cuts yeah, off the girl's hair and like sniffs it or something. Yep. Oh, he's yelling. So. Like I don't think he has a single line of dialogue in that movie. He just yells. Oh, well. <laughs> Great. That's a good movie. Anyway, they play, they play two player Final Fantasy eight in that movie somehow. <laughs> yeah, talking about boobies. Yep. I, I like that part actually. <laughs> so and, and then you have a small scene where he's trying to convince. <laughs> trying to convince him to ask Lorraine out and he won't do it. And then, which leads to the whole thing. He's like, I gotta go. I gotta go watch TV. My show's on, which is that the same show he was watching in the future? No, he talks about it. It's a radio program. So it's oh. mystery science theater 3000. Okay. <laughs> and then this yeah. is where then Marty gets the idea to dress up as an alien, puts on the radioactive costume from earlier, <laughs> sneaks into his room, brings in a, brings in the Walkman and then plays loud. What was it? Van Halen music or something. Yeah, it's Van Halen. Yep. Okay. And that, that part, okay, that's another part I never saw before. I would have remembered I'm Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. I would have remembered that. That was completely brand new to me. And I love it. was, and it, it, my wife also mentioned, she's like, how, how come he doesn't just slap the headphones off? I understand they don't have headphones in that era. Like, there's no such thing. But, like, how come she would just, like, you, you feel these things on your ears? Yeah, he kind of reaches for them a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And it's interesting because, again, this was all set up because the camera, you know, earlier in the film, hands down to show Marty putting his headphones and stuff in the car seat mm-hmm. or in the seat of the DeLorean. So it's not like oh. where to get those from. Oh, no. The film showed it. Yep. Showed it putting on there again. Nothing is left to chance except for the fact of how did Doc get into the DeLorean when he was in the trailer? OK, <laughs> oops, a daisy. Look. All right. Come on out. It was cool. <laughs> But other than that, which also talking about like the this the madness that this movie underwent to get made and almost didn't get made, the fact that it is so tightly wound is a miracle of filmmaking. This is a miracle that this yeah, actually like works. In the documentary, they talk about how like oh you're doing so good, we're gonna we're gonna move we're gonna give you a reward and push your movie up three weeks faster. And they're like no, no that's <laughs> but not they had to. So, yeah. No, it, anyway, it so he he convinces her. He convinces him. It's a great scene. You get the Darth Vader joke. Comes back the next day, just 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 sloshing along the street, just gallivanting. Oh, Marty, I am gonna say hi to Lorraine. And he, <laughs> I haven't worked on that, by the way. I gotta work on that impersonation. If you can get the laugh down, I think you're my I gotta work on the laugh. My wife would would throw something at me if I started talking <laughs> like that for the next hour. Hey, Jay, I'm working on a character. Oh God! Ah, nope, ah, that ain't gonna happen. Ah, that ain't gonna happen. Ah, nope. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Whatever. That's his actual laugh. All right. You, oh, you guys talk. Hard to do. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna. Oh, this is when they go back to the diner, and then he he tries to ask Lorraine out, and then we have the whole joke that we kind of that Mike mentioned earlier, that where he can't he can't say the word density or destiny because he wrote it all down, but he like he's nervous, so he can't read his own writing or something. Jeez, so you're like, you're my what? density. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> he corrects himself. He's like, oh, I'm your destiny. She kind of starts to go for it before Biff shows yeah. up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he, it was actually working OK. And that's when, of course, he does the, the line that I delivered was, Can I need, give me a milk. 
Chocolate. Chocolate. Okay. <laughs> he, and it's and it's uh, the timing again. Timing. It slides across. He grabs it. it just go. Slams it down. Sleeve wipe. Boom. Yeah. He's in. That was oh, super dramatic. Sleeve wipe. So good. <laughs> I, I uh, liked it. Liquid courage. <laughs> that's, not, that's not chocolate milk. That's other things. Wow, that was his liquid courage. Okay. There was. <laughs> so this was. So this is another scene that I must have never seen before because it didn't. It didn't register in my memory banks. And where Biff shows up, and then Biff realizes, okay, and then they get into. I think they get into a fight at this point. Doesn't he push him or something and runs? Uh, yeah, he trips Biff as he's walking in, and then Biff goes to to, to punch him, and he pulls the the first. Biff, what's that over there? Biff always looks. <laughs> yeah, he punches he him in the face. Him. All right. Okay. Yeah, he punches him and then he pushes the goons down. That was cool. And like the whole idea, there's some guy with a little what are the what the hell were those called? Like soapbox cars or something? I remember them being a thing when I was younger. Oh yeah, the the scooter the, the thing. Fake, yeah, where you'd make your little car thing out of wood oh. or something, and then enter Is races. That what he had? Yeah, but for some reason it's built. It just comes right off. There's a skateboard at the bottom, but hey. <laughs> That part was actually really cool. And again, it paid off. You see him earlier with the skateboard, and here you have him again running around on a fake skateboard this time, and it was just, it's a really cool scene. <laughs> yeah, it's a good action scene. And it's quick. It gets in, it gets out, it's done, it's not overblown, and it all feels pretty realistic. I mean, honestly, yeah, it did. I don't, you know, kids walking about running by on one of those like old soapbox scooters, which was a thing I think kids in the 50s used to make, you know, like yeah. handmade little scooter. It's got the right kind of trucks on it for, you know, wheels. I guess that would make sense. <laughs> And, but it's for but it's it's good like it, it makes sense and my wife even commented like that feels like a thing that could happen you know and again kind of sketching on the back of the different things again it everyone's looking at him now like he is just the the town's Elvis he's basically <laughs> Elvis at this point in this town and it just works out of course uh, crashes into a uh, pile of manure oh yeah because. 1955. You have more farmers at this time in U.S. history, so this would make sense. Biff, Biff just, you know, casually assaulting a girl in the lunchroom and casually commit trying to commit murder here. Yeah, He's exactly. absolutely trying to kill Mar- Marty. They were just going to catch him and beat him up. That's all. They, they weren't going to run him over. He says they're going to ram him, and he starts pushing him towards the, the damn manure truck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Going to oh, disavow this like- kid on the street. It's fun. Boys <laughs> yeah, being boys. Okay in the 50s. I probably would have, yeah. And it's a very small scale because all he's doing is they really just take a little drive around the square because after after the uh, the crash, everyone's still running over to see what happens. And again, just a car full of poop crashing into the worst truck truck you could crash into, the shit truck. And uh, that's it's great. Now you've got now you've got a now you have another threat. And the movie now has set up hey, you have time threat, right? We have you know, we have the threat of we have to get, you know, George and them back to get George and Lorraine together. And now we have this wild card in Biff, who we already know is a bad guy and you know, stereotypical bad guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now he's in the mix. So uh, we've now all the players are in place, I think, at this point. Yes. Calls calls him a son of a bitch, which is a funny <laughs> way to talk about the woman that he supposedly is into. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is when he goes back to Doc's and then Doc tells him his whole idea to have him get hit by the lightning and what they're going to do at that town square. Because they're like, well, normally you never know where lightning is going to hit, but we do. <laughs> and then Lorraine pretty much stalked him and follows him to the house. And so she's and like, oh, I followed you. This is also where they, uh, yeah, this is also where they, they kind of lay out the plan. With yes. the plan like seems... a stalker family. <laughs> <laughs> and the plan seems pretty straightforward. I mean, look, other than climbing on top of a clock tower, getting all the wiring, you know, the exact 
instantaneous you have instantaneous thing you have to do to make it happen. But well, and you're moving. I mean, I could see if you just had to park the car and be there at a certain time. That okay, but hit the, it at the precise. Yeah, yeah like that's not going to happen. I don't care what his calculations are. They don't calculate the fact of how quickly someone might press down the pedal or not press down the pedal. If ner- yeah, I'm going to stop. But yes. <laughs> But again, he's going to quote the movie. Forgive the crudeness of this model. I didn't have time to build it to scale. <laughs> so good. I love it's, yeah, and Scaler it's really good. good. <laughs> it's really good. Marty's kind of like fine. Like, yeah, it has a look like it's okay. It looks great. Uh, I, this is great. Again, from a filmmaking perspective, it's simple. This is an easy plot. This is not much brain power required to figure this out. Right. Drive fast. Electrical thing on the top, like like a like a like electric train would have, or pictograph yeah. as they call it. Pictograph hits the thing when the lightning explodes, bang, you're gone. I, I, it's all very very simple, and I keep going back to that because I think it leads credence to how screenplays sometimes get overwritten. And I think anything can be overwritten. I've overwritten a bunch of things in my life. I'm over talking, but Black to the Future is so so good at keeping things simple and tight. And fun, and that's why this movie is very, very close to perfect, and this screenplay is perfect. And I think this is also when they talk about the whole plan of how he's gonna, what he's gonna have, what he's gonna do with George, so that way they can get George can get Lorraine back, so he doesn't disappear. Yeah, because she shows up at Doc's place and asks him to ask her to the dance. <laughs> oh, she cool. can't just ask. Him. Not in the fifty-five. I mean, that, that's another way I took it. Like, yeah, no woman, woman is not allowed to ask. No, no. So Chase, that, chasing that boys, chasing yeah, boys. When she was his age, she never, you know. Or yeah, she says earlier, it's like anybody. any boy, any girl who calls the boys is asking for trouble. Well, yeah, <laughs> you would know. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is you also around this part you have when Marty writes the letter to and sticks it in Doc Brown's jacket. In order yeah. for him, you know, the letter for the future and just don't open until 1985. When he gets back to, to Doc's place, Doc's watching the tape again of, of him getting shot or leading up to him getting shot. So he kind of already suspects it. But this is a big part. This is kind of like dealing with some of those paradoxes a little bit. Like, no, I can't know. I can't know my future. I can't know my future. This is have a weird little beat that excites. It's one of the few things in this movie that kind of sort of pays off. Right. At the end, obviously, he, he, figured, he figured it out because he decided to know his own fate. but. It's a weird thing because you would think this would be like an overarching theme, right? Unless this is just, I, I guess, simple screenplay, making it simple so we're not stupid. This is essentially <laughs> basically setting up the fact that Doc can live and go to a sequel. Because clearly this movie was made for a sequel. It and it wasn't, actually. <laughs> that's weird like, to me. Even with that ending, they had no intentions of making the sequel until it did so well. And then they made two really? and three at the same time. Yeah. S- the ending sets it took up them the four years to make a sequel, too. Mm-hmm. I had a different girlfriend by then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as you do. <laughs> I prefer so. Elizabeth Shue, so it's okay with me. Ask Karate Kid, you got a different girlfriend every movie. <laughs> but they're actually different people. They just didn't replace her. Oh. <laughs> Okay. To be fair. <laughs> so anyway, if we're at the point, so we're so now we're at the point where they go to the dance with Lorraine. Don't go to the dance. Ah, and he, he already told George his plan to. Yeah. The, <laughs> George, you say your line. Hey, you get your damn hands off her. Should I be swearing? <laughs> Is it necessary to swear? Yes, yes damn it, George, swear. Yes, yes, damn it, George, swear. <laughs> swear. Oh, that was good. And that whole part. Oh, this is like this. Also, again, more payoff when they're in the car and you find out she's smoking, she's drinking, and she goes to kiss him and everything. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so instead of pretending to attack her, she's like trying to molest him. It's funny. And he's just like, no, mom, stop. So the part where she kisses him, she's like, that's so weird. It tastes like kissing my brother. 
Why did you say taste? He doesn't say taste. <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> That's so strange. It's I like, I feel like I'm kissing my brother. Feel like, not taste. Like. Yeah, I feel. I feel, yeah. Yeah, feel. <laughs> I got nothing where that came from. It's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, then Biff comes out and grab, pulls him out of the car because he thinks it's going to be George. So he's like, okay, here. And ends up being Biff. <laughs> he's like, oh, dear. Oh, no. And, and it's, oh, I yeah. looked it up. Where Biff says, oh, it cost me $300 to fix my car. In 1955, that was 3322 money today. That I believe is, it. So. Like, How much is that today? They probably, have to redo some, they probably have to redo some upholstery and uh, probably mostly for that and cleaning. But yeah, that's that's a lot of cash. You're not going to get that small. <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, Biff and his uh, goons, one of which she spends the entire time wearing 3D glasses. Was that <laughs> really, really a thing? Because I know like in 50s media, that's often used. He's like, zombies ate my neighbors and they are they wearing 3D glasses? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I wonder if that was actually a, really a thing of that it's era. But To the point where his character is actually called 3D in the credits. Oh, is it really? Oh, how funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the other ones is Billy Zane. <laughs> ah. So then we have the, they, so they stuff him in the trunk. Right, stuff in the again. trunk we go. of the, the car. Right, is this the port? Wait, this is the part where the jazz musicians are smoking. They come out. They see him. They see him stuffing Marty into the trunk. Yeah, and this Which, is when they use the racial epithet when he calls him a. I'm not gonna say it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He says reefer, which is what they would have called marijuana. Reefer heads. Reefer heads or reefer addicts. But he also it's calls also them not, a, It's also <laughs> very true. I have a. Here's your fun fact you didn't ask for again. Oh, yeah. In the in the time, well, especially in the fifties, um, anyone that was a jazz musician, they would smoke weed when they play because it it slowed things down so they could play faster. So that was completely oh. a realistic thing. At one point, the government even went after ja- many many jazz musicians for smoking because everybody did because it was the only way for them to really excel at their trade. Was they had to be high because it, it again it slowed things down. So yeah, that was completely That's his- nice. historical legit. Genuinely fascinating. They were just smoking. They were they were hotboxing in that thing. They were yeah, that thing was did. like I forget who it is. The famous Trump uh, trumpet, one of the famous trumpeters, trumpeteers of in was a jazz musician. I can't remember oh, names. They're actually, okay. Yeah, no, a real person. I can't think of what they're actually called. But one of the it was Charlie Parker, musician. Charlie Parker, Miles <laughs> Davis. But he got arrested a couple times because they knew he would always smoke. So they would just they would just follow him, you know, in, in entanglement essentially. But he would he would smoke and right before shows because it was the only way for him to achieve it. Like, I don't know what it is, but something about it for and I think it's probably still a thing today. If you're that high, you know, that level of jazz musician, you, you get high so <laughs> to play. Well, yeah, I mean, again, this is not to get too far off the field to jazz musicians, musicianships. But yes, there that is a thing where when you when you are playing jazz at a high level, things do slow down. But that's not due to any chemical thing. That's just how kind of music works. Like things start to yeah. kind of slow, you know, it, um, it fit the time. Yeah. Like it, it made me happy, even though, yes, the, you know, there's a little bit of the racial slur there and stuff. It, and it was stereotyping. It was actually accurate. And it made me chuckle yeah. the way that it was more accurate in a good way. And I'm like, OK, this is just stereotyping. this is actually like <laughs> like this works. I mean, I mean, not so much for me when I was playing jazz vibraphone in high school, but I definitely know people who played a lot oranges? of kit, and that was a thing. Were you selling oranges? or that- When I was selling oranges? No, that was for concert band and marching band. That was not for jazz band. Jazz band, we didn't sell oranges. We just <laughs> stood there and played to no. We stood there and played to nobody. That's who it was. Um, <laughs> let's continue on right here. So, yeah, I found, like, the racial thing was pretty, was, was like, startling. Also startling, the, the overt, not overt, the uh, covert racism in the diner when he's like, I'm going to be mayor one day. And the mm-hmm. guy's like, well, no, a colored person is not going to ever be mayor. No. And I love... 1955. Yes, though. it certainly did. And he was like, I don't care. That's what I'm going to shoot for. 
so good. I felt really good. I, I, like it. It felt great. I love the young mayor character. I just yes, I love them. And then when he, I can't remember what he said when Biff got covered in manure, but he was definitely there. That's think something like that. <laughs> yeah, and that was and that was pretty strong for 1985. Like when this was released. Like obviously modernized, we look at that hopefully and say, oh, dude, hell yeah, that's awesome. Be mayor. Yeah. But like 1985 to address it in that way in a positive and also get these guys <laughs> scared when again using a racial epithet and that being an inciting incident for them to get, you know, thoroughly trounced because I think they're dragged off. Like they actually take him someplace and I'm sure they tune him up pretty good. So we have our, our hero is in the trunk. Boo. He's in yes, there as and well. And in order for them to get him out of the, tr- the trunk again pays off goes, a guy your keys they're in the trunk say what now and this is also before cars would have had there because in modern cars you have a thing inside you can open from the trunk from the right. inside zone case they lock someone in they can get out if it someone gets kidnapped yeah there's ways you can open it by the way or, or like or, or a kid gets locked in there right kid gets yeah. in there and the kids are dorking around um there's uh, there's ways but not 955 now so michael you've been silent for a bit how do you feel about the date rape scene in, yeah in, i was gonna say fun, we, uh, we kind of kind of glossed over like uh, there's a big hole in the notes here the, the <laughs> grossest crime that biff tries to commit so when uh he pulls marty out and they realize that lorraine's in there with this low-cut dress and he's like oh i'm gonna take advantage of this situation and the other guys are like watching this ain't no peep show <laughs> This Ugh. lingers, this lingers, and it's weird. And this is one of the few parts of this movie, and I, I try not to be hypersensitive with this stuff, but I kind of have to be. It's it's kind of rape. You should be. If you're not this sensitive is, to it, check your brain. I have brain. Done, I want to say. No, 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 you're fine. But I, I this it's weird how it kind of lingers on this. This is not played as a joke, but it's also not played as a serious, serious threat either. Mm-hmm. So I think this if this movie made a, made a misstep at any point, this might be considered it again. It doesn't, you don't have to clearly it's not making a joke out of this terrible thing. That's now occurring, this traumatic, horrifying thing that's occurring. But we're also, we've, we've painted this with such a broad brush. We're, we're not addressing like, we're not treating it with the seriousness that it ought to be. It's still kind of like traumatic given the way that they kind of, Reference Biff later in the, the 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 new future. There's like, oh Biff, always trying to get away with something. It's like I'm saying, you like, remember? <laughs> okay, that I I didn't catch that, but no, for this part, I feel like it belongs in the movie. I felt they didn't play it for jokes at all. They made it, you know, they're showing him as the villain, and they're showing like, you know, I mean, it, it's played serious. Like where she, you know, she wants help and she needs help, and it wasn't. You know, I, I thought of Beetlejuice. Like, it didn't play off of Beetlejuice where you had the dumb stuff with the, the fact that he's trying to marry a kid and everything. And it played for laughs. And none of this was, I mean, I agree with Bill. It wasn't serious. It didn't make it serious enough. But I felt like it it fit in here and also fit as giving the reason for George to finally find a backbone and stand up for himself because he wanted to protect he wanted to protect her. Yeah, well, it's so, definitely to, to set up George's big rise. But there had to be a less gross way to do it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm where okay. I'm going with this is it's again I'm trying to look at it in context of the year it was released. This is 1985. Yeah, you know, this is an 80s teen movie again made for its PG-13 movie, right? And it's, yeah, obviously, yeah, it's made for teenagers and young adults, right? Who could identify with these characters? It's who it was made for. But if you're gonna go down that road, question is, I guess, is why did you? <laughs> and that's to Michael. That's to Michael's point. Like, why did you go down this road? There had to have been another inciting incident that would have proved George's newfound courage in just laying out Biff, rather than this really gross right. thing. And yeah. maybe, maybe we just yeah. Well, Tiff, what did you feel about it? Yeah, you know, you're as as, as yeah. What did you feel about it? So I don't like. It's kind of an abrupt shift from Lorraine trying to like grow her son, and that's like 
you're all kind of giggling, and that's kind of an awkward feeling, too. And then you, like, Biff jumps on her, and you can see the desperation in her face. Like, George, help me, help me. And she's constantly saying no. And so there's that you get that icky feeling. Like, it is. You're like, if George doesn't do anything, which you know in your heart and your mind that he's going to do something, but if George doesn't do anything, Biff is going to assault Lori. The question is, would he have done something if Marty and he hadn't staged this whole thing? Because he assumes it's Marty in the car when he goes over and opens the door, and then it turns out to be Biff. If he had seen that it was Biff ahead of time, would he even gone over and no. attempted no. anything? That's... I would say no, 100%. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's hard to say. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been close enough to assist. He probably likely given that character would have walked away or just pretend he didn't see it. But since he was there and saw it and, you know, clearly is into Lorraine, right? Like she's, you know, clearly into her. He, he finds the strength to do it. And again, it's very movie and it gets very, it's a very movie thing. Most who knows what would have really happened, but. The, 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 my crux is, did this have to be the thing? Just like you said, Michael, it was perfect. Did we have to go this route? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did we have to introduce a sexual assault into our fun 1985 time travel movie uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis and produced by Steven Spielberg? So is this what we had to do? It's not even until Biff. This moment of the movie. Oh, easily. I mean, yeah. I still think it, I think it fit, but I, I, I completely get where you guys are coming from. It's not I, even until Biff pushes her down that he really gets the, oh man, I got to do something about this. So it's like right. the stuff before, did that not mean anything? And if not, then why do we do it? <laughs> yeah. And then you have the whole thing where like the, since the jazz singer hurt his hand, they're not going to play guitar. Oh, so no. They're not going to play. There'll be no pause, first, pause, there'll be no dance. Pause, pause. Hold <laughs> on, hold on. Oh, sorry. I'm not going past this punch because this punch is amazing. I still okay, love it. <laughs> Every time he punches Biff Allen, it's just like, yeah, he did the oh. thing. It's so good. Like the, the cinematography, it shows him, it shows his face, it shows Biff's face, shows his hand, like curl up. And just, <laughs> it just plays him out. Oh, it's so good. Cole cocks him. And friends are like, okay, we got to go back. <laughs> again, as 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 followers on, as hanger on, hanger, bleh, as the uh, hanger ons will, hey, forget leeches. it. Leeches, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saving <laughs> me from that sentence, Tiff. As the leeches will often do. And we all had biffs in our lives. And again, all for this is all supposed to be very relatable to those watching. And we've all want to have that that fantasy in our heads of just laying somebody out with no consequences, by the way. His hand's not <laughs> broken. A teacher doesn't come. He just slumps to the ground. And no consequences of molesting a girl. There's no consequences of fucking this guy out. Come Welcome on to now. 1955. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, all right, I guess. But it's a, yes, yeah, so it's, it's a, it is a great, Punch. And the framing and again that that tension and that uh, pacing and the timing is just beautiful. <laughs> French kiss <laughs> to the point where they reuse it in tune. Marty still gets that reaction. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. so we continue so, on. So yes, continue on. So Michael, Mike was saying that guitar player hurts his hand, cuts his hand up trying to free Marty from the trunk. They all say basically we can't go on because we need a guitar player, and and uh, that's when. Michael J. Fox says, I'll do it. Gets up on stage and play Earth, An- Earth Angel. Now, this is a really cool moment, too. And this is the moment where all us as the audience, it's kind of at, at end of like act-ish two. Like, this is like act two kind of end. Act three is really the big incident, which we're going to talk about. But we've all kind of sewed things up a bit, right? Right? They are, but they have to kiss at the dance. Have to kiss at the dance. And evidently, no other song on the planet will make two people kiss better than Earth Angel. 
<laughs> and he start, and this is another little bit of tension. And the movie is pretty good at it's very good at inserting little moments of tension when you least expect it. It happens with the car driving, you know, the the lorry part later on. Here we have a little more tension, a little more because he's starting to fade. He has that wonderful CGI hand. <laughs> That's the oh famous God. CGI hand that disappears. <laughs> and it was pretty good for the 80s. Corner. Yeah. I know they don't like it, but yeah, it was. It was pretty but, good for the 80s. Yeah. The, the Lorraine gets dragged off and George gives one yeah. final shove aside and smooch. Like, again, she so, gets, does this woman just keep getting dragged away from George? I don't understand. <laughs> but like, this guy's a geek. We're he, taking her away. We're taking her yeah. Um, uh, well, they, yeah, they all know who George is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get all. I'm gonna get a cinema sense again because Marty starts to fade away when Lorraine gets dragged away, but he does nothing to affect the situation because George still comes back, stands up for himself, which means the time flow would have been continuing normally anyway. So why is Marty still fading uh-huh. away at that mm-hmm. point? Because it's already okay, you are set. right. Like Bill said, we need the tension, but uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point because he literally did nothing to stop that I'm situation. Hard. So no, maybe because Marty and the whole Biff thing gave him courage. Because if Marty wasn't there and the whole Biff well, well, yeah, punching but, out Biff wouldn't then why have happened. would he? Yeah, I but in this this so exact like, instant, yeah, okay. <laughs> he doesn't do anything to get Lorraine. No, he doesn't do anything directly to get him to do. Yeah, to, does also, he look back at? Yeah, sorry. Just does he look back at her like he like he's she's getting let off? Doesn't he? Doesn't George look back at Marty and see yeah, him just does. like slumped? And maybe, maybe him looking back at him gave him like that extra bit of confidence to not to continue the momentum. Like you are, this is who you are now. You're a strong person now. Okay, I agree with you, Michael. I yeah, think that's that a very interesting note. I'm just gonna throw that in there um, because he does go back and see his pal slumped over. Speaking with of the hand with no hand, by the way, I guess I don't. Know. We, we talked about no one doing anything about Biff in the in the cafeteria earlier. Marty is playing on stage in front of this entire school. <laughs> starts playing poorly, falls over. No one does anything to help him. It's just, well, I guess that kid's sick. Well, Damn, that's fine. We'll keep playing. Earth we'll, angel. We'll check him after the song, I guess. <laughs> like no one does anything. It'll be <sighs> fine. It's okay. Too many drugs. <laughs> Too much reefer. Too much reefer. <laughs> oh, and then I, I did get a kick out of the part. I've seen parts of this where he plays Johnny Be Good. I thought that was really cool, and yeah, I never. Fun. I never knew this, but like, there's a small part near the end of it where the when the guy's Marvin, he's like, "Hey, this is your cousin Marvin Berry." Hey, Chuck, I I got the song you're looking for, and I just laugh my ass off because <laughs> the song is Chuck Berry, and I'm like, which Tiff looked up while we were talking, we were watching this, and he I'm did, like, so he didn't know that because I can't remember who sang it. Cause I knew he, it was somebody like that because that's not Chuck Berry's voice. He's like, that's the artist. Not Michael J. Fox either. He's like, that's the artist's voice. Well, it's not Michael J. Fox, but he's like, that's the artist's voice, and I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> And you were right. I couldn't remember who sang it, but I know that was not who sang it. <laughs> so I don't remember where I heard it, and I hate to bring it up and <laughs> make it public to everyone else. I'm obviously not an authority on the subject, but it's kind of gross that the two big black movements in this, with Goldie Wilson running for mayor and Johnny B. Good going to Chuck Berry, are both caused by Marty. <laughs> wow. yes, yeah. like Excited by white people. <laughs> yeah. Have happened on their own. Uh, it's a little, it's a little, uh, it's a little icky. Yeah, yeah. I see yeah. what you mean. It's all the things I don't like about Forrest Gump. It's like that Forrest Ooh, Gump. Yeah. It's like it, it, he's the cause of every amazing thing that happened in the last forty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of why I don't love Forrest. Oh, 
I really, I, I don't know what movie you're going to be on soon. I don't. No, that'll be a four hour podcast where we talk about all the historical things. No, no, no. I'm not on. No, it'll just be me and Bill just talking about history. No, Mike just talking about history for four hours. No, no (laughs) co-hosts. Now in uh, scene, (laughs) yeah, now in scene 25, shot 15, you'll see that John F. Kennedy this scene from John F. Kennedy was taken during the 19... 19- oh, God. Oh, my God. I can hear <laughs> now. Oh, God. We're never going hey, to if I ever go to Who Texas... Who the hell is John I, F. Kennedy? Someday, oh, I'm going to go to Dallas where they shot Kennedy. And I'm going to go see that spot someday. I'm going to see where history changed in America. I've I've been there. I've been there. You can go to the spot. There's like a little X on the but street. They might try to run me over because it's the middle of the street. It is the middle of the street. It's an active street. Please don't stand on there and take pictures, you ghouls. Just take a look-see at it. Have a moment of remembrance. And I even go to the, the repository. repository too. Go to the they book still repository. Have it set up where he still didn't there? shoot him, but he was there. Yeah. Oh Maybe. no! Did that? Do this now? Are we? Are it, it's it's all there again? If you go to Daily Plaza, X in the middle of the street. It's an active roadway. People like driving fast on it because idiots stand on the X and take pictures like they're like this is like Disneyland. I don't know. A president was murdered here. Can we have a little reverence, please? To be fair, it completely Yuck. changed history. Yeah, it's just so I just can't. It doesn't I mean can't. you should get run over taking a. No, picture. I'm not going to. I'm just gonna. I just want to stand on the will. side, buy some merchandise that I'm sure they're selling, buy a hot dog, and be like, I finally got to be there, and then that's it. Go okay, so no side of the road. Thank you, Mike. It's, Thank you. it's the moment that George kisses Lorraine that Marty shoots back up. So it's that exact thing that's keeping him fading from fading away. So as right. soon as if it was. George looking at Marty, then as soon as he saw Marty, Marty should have shot back up. He would have been fine from there. I'm stuck on this. Well here's, a, here's, well, here's the other question on too, real quick, and we'll move on. But Which is a good question. What if that hadn't happened for another hour, right? Like, what if George kisses oh, Lorraine yeah. an hour and a half later, like in the car? They go parking, you know, and they and they ha- and they make out. Well, she says they already... kiss on the dance floor. Oh, you're right. At the beginning. So that would, yeah, yeah, kiss on this one. So Semantics. Like an I agree. Later, does that mean Marty still wouldn't have been born? Or maybe it would just been his yeah, brother right. sister and not Marty? <laughs> it's the butterfly effect. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put, movie. let's put, before we move no, on, let's put a very quick, about that movie. <laughs> no. very quickly, before we, I don't want to talk about it now. We can't talk about it now. We have to wait to, <laughs> we, we are running out of time. 1.1 gigawatts is a coming. We are late today. <laughs> like but I do want to put this in your brain. Did anyone have a good prom? Anybody? Oh, God, no. My prom was fine. Real? Okay. Yeah, that was fine. One out of of four ain't bad. Michael? I went reluctantly. Same. With a girl I barely knew, and I don't think I ever saw her again after that. Oh, I can say uh, more more history talk you love that when I was at my prom with my gosh. with um, my girlfriend at the time and my friend, his his date, we were talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. So, hey. Oh, okay. that's a, oh, I would have loved you <laughs> because uh, we her, got married in high her, school. <laughs> her aunt had actually worked on the case. Wait, that so that's what we were talking about. It. That oh, math wow. doesn't work out. Nope. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave that. I'm going to leave that as like a little thing for our audience to enjoy and think about their terrible proms. As we move forward to the, because now everything is set. Like, so what I love about this movie is that it gets it does everything in a good order. Like a lot of times, movies will have multiple ending incidents happening. Like Return of the Jedi, there's like four things going on at the end, or <laughs> you know, like there, it has too many things. Like, do your rebels are attacking this thing? And they get the plans out of this thing. This movie is very smart and says we've taken care of the emotional stuff. All right, the family's good. Marty's gonna survive. We're fine. Now let's focus on getting home. And it now it knocks off everything in an order 
and allows us to focus on those things because now we don't have to worry about. And now remember, we haven't even thought about Marty's girlfriend in an hour and change. Like that's no, never until the very, very end. But everything's at the side where everything is set. Okay, no one's going to disappear from the photo. And now we're going to move on to getting us home. And that's this final scene where uh, lots of great tension happens. I personally love this. Someone wants to go ahead and, and start walking through it. That'd be perfect. My mouth is parched. <laughs> Marty starts trying to tell Doc again about how he's going to get shot in the future. And Doc's not hearing it. And he tries to give him the note. Doc rips it up. He's like, well, I'll just tell you. And in the process of telling him, we get the, the tree branch falling and pulling the wire out from up on top of the clock tower. So Mar- Marty has to go get ready in the car. And Doc has to climb the tower to get the wire back in socket. Yes, which doesn't seem at all hazardous in a, in a, in a thunderstorm, but hey. <laughs> nah, it's fine. Well, there's nothing else they're going to do, right? I mean, and again, this all feels very... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steph. I'm sorry. No, we know Doc didn't get killed, so... <laughs> so they didn't do this before in the past. Well, we don't so know that, though. They did, they did oh, okay. At that Snake. point, yes. Yeah. You, yeah. you created a paradox. <laughs> this is a good point, though, because the tension of this is, a lot of the tension is Doc, you know, dangling from different you know, trying to get to the other side of the clock face in order to get the disconnected power cord. You got a good point, Tiff. We should know that he's be fine because clearly he exists in 1985. So yeah. it's a good point. But the way it's framed and, and just yeah. the tension, it's nerve wracking. There's a timer. You know, again, I love I love when things have a timer to them. You know, like, hey, we got seven and a half minutes to get this done. Can he get it done in time? Well, that's, I think, a big... I actually think the big driving force isn't so much the him falling, although he does have a couple, like, those calls it's the, the time crunch of hey am i gonna be able to connect this in time for this to work and again it feels very natural a tree falls falls in the line yeah that'd work all very natural it's not none of it's very movie or scripty you know i don't know time travel's weird like if marty hadn't come to the past and told doc that he was going to create the time machine what would he have created the time machine to send marty back to the past in the first place right and how come when they act and go ahead sorry so Sort of invented the time, whatever it's called, what's the piece called, in the car. The the flux capacitor. Yeah. There you go. The flux capacitor. Still technically invented that, but would he have put it all together? Would he point. be improved? Would he be improved upon it? Right? Would yeah. he? It, by the time he got there, are there now two DeLoreans in the present day? Because one came through and the other one's still cruising around getting shot by Libyans. I don't know. <laughs> right? Like there's now two flux capacitors. See what the movie says though. The movie. Michael K. Hughes is just patting you on the head. Go like this. You can raise the same question about Johnny Be Good. Like, if Marty hadn't gone back in the past and given Chuck Berry the idea for Johnny Be Good, how did he hear Johnny Be Good in his timeline before he went back? (laughs) It's okay. You can can just enjoy this. Your brain, your brain is working too much. This is Back to the Future. We're having fun here, y'all. We're picking out. And you're right. Well, you're right. And no, no, no. I'm, I'm obviously teasing. I think it's good to pick up on these things because you're right. That's why time travel movies don't work a lot of the time or stories because there's a million different things that these paradoxes I'm create, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love in Austin Powers, the spy shag, when he goes back in time and he's like, well, if I'm back in time, then how was I frozen to go to the future? And so to go back in time, and they're like, yeah, you probably just don't think about that. And that goes for you folks, too. And he looks right at the camera. <laughs> Yes. Like, yeah, just and it's, stop thinking about it. 
It's one of my favorite bits of Austin Powers where they literally tell the audience, stop thinking and have fun. We're all here to enjoy ourselves. <laughs> and I, and again, I, a lot of the time travel stuff when you get deep into it, but that's what this movie does very well. And it's because the focus isn't on the time travel itself. It's the inciting incidents that create character building and story elements. It's not, it's not about that. It's, it's part of it. It's called Back to the Future and it's an, it's an important element, but it's a means to an end. That's what I'm trying to say. The science is a means to an end. It's not as load-bearing as I think people would like it to think, because if it was, we would sit there and make all these questions. And of course, we didn't have these questions when we were 13 and saw this because we were kids and didn't know any better. We are 40-year-old <laughs> people with nothing but, <laughs> but questions. Nothing better to do. Not, yeah, yeah, that's literally nothing right better to do than to, to, to question the the question of paradoxes in uh, Back to the Future. Doesn't mean it's not a good thing to do or a good thought exercise, but in service of the film, I wasn't thinking about that last night watching this for whatever dozenth time. I was enjoying myself uh, watching this, uh, these events take place. I also really enjoyed this part. Like I, I, I've seen parts of this before, but I really, like you guys saying, I enjoy the tension of him. The car doesn't want to start, which Tiffany made a comment how the car didn't want to start twice. I'm like, it's a DeLorean. That's DeLorean yeah. Yeah. Because I, from what I understand about DeLorean, it wasn't a good car, so that all made sense. But no, I just, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all that. I enjoyed the tension that that it develops. I enjoyed the whole, you know, lead up and the fact that, like, you know, Doc gets everything plugged in just at the right second and gets electrocuted, which somehow he's just fine. You know, he has one point twenty three gigawatts for him, but he's fine. Great Scott, Marty. I love love that only seen gigawatts written out, so no one knew how to pronounce it, and that's why it's gigawatts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just really good. And I, I, I really enjoyed that scene a lot. And Marty uh, decides to give himself an extra 10 minutes to go back and warn Doc that he's going to get shot. A full yeah, 10 minutes. You want to die. He's <laughs> like, wait a minute, I got a time machine. I'll just go back early. 10 minutes ought to be enough. <laughs> okay, <dude. laughs> no, when you crash your car. We need the tense climax here of a man. Oh, that it's, was so good when he crashed. He crashes into whatever random store it was, and then the drunk is yelling at him. We were talking about so and... it's a church. It's like a church, right? Oh. Like it's, it's, weird, it's like a weird, like evangelical, not weird. I mean, it was like an evangelical church thing. It said pastor so and so on it. Uh, right? He 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 uh, he sees the bum, calls him red. The mayor in 1955 was Red Thomas. Like oh, I I always hear people like, is this supposed to be the same guy? But uh, it's it seems unclear. The the fact that there are two people named Red makes it uh, yeah, it feels like it should be obvious. Oh yeah. Looked like he was maybe in his forties. This guy definitely didn't look like he was seventy. <laughs> that's true. It's if if that's the case, and the homeless person on the street was the mayor in nineteen fifty five. I want to see that short story. I want to see <laughs> that the rise and fall of Red, whatever it was, from mayor Red. to to uh to homeless person on the street. Yeah. That would be mm-hmm. interesting. I want that short story. <laughs> Where's that fan fiction? I'm Politics. sure it's out there somewhere. You write it, though. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. That's <laughs> And then the whole thing where after he crashes and he the car won't start, so he has to run to where Doc is going to be. And I did like that where he gets there early. He sees Doc get shot. He, he screams. He sees himself get in the car and drive off. And then, Mike, you brought up a good joke that you were worried you wouldn't remember. Oh, yeah, but first he runs to the Lone Pine Mall instead of the Twin Pines Mall. Very good. Let's just oh, talk about her. I didn't but yeah, I, uh, I talked about how the climax of this movie wouldn't play out the same way in modern times because the Libyans crash into a film stand. Like, the, the sign up front is like, film on sales. 
We don't, we don't have it was cameras a, uh, like that. Yeah, it was a uh, photography. Well, a photo right. development booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Photo booth. Yeah, photo booth. Yeah, that's very funny. It would be like a, like a Starbucks installation now or something, probably. <laughs> pop up. Yeah. No, it's great. It's uh, it's really good. And uh, again, I did think about this though. Like, is there now two Martys now running around? Like, where's the first version of Marty? They go back to the future, but is this well, cycle like, keep continuing? Like, kind the cycle already happened, type of thing. Yes, I guess that's right. Right, he went back to the future, so that version of Marty is now back in the future. Yeah, and all the Marty that we're, that we're following. Now. Yeah, and you'll never see that one again because time is now marching forward. Okay, thank you, thank you. Sorry, Robert Zemeckis, I questioned your greatness. I will be quiet. <laughs> what they call a stable time loop. So one goes back and gets back to the present, and then the next one goes back and comes back. Because see, see, when time loops aren't stable, they become a variant and they get taken off the time authority. <laughs> God. CBA. Uh huh. That's Loki <laughs> joke for everyone. You're welcome. Let <laughs> me play. Uh, uh, be mad at me all of a sudden. Time true. splitters. Shut up, Michael. <laughs> I need to have you play Time Splitters Future Perfect and see what you think of that time travel stuff. I they do talk need about to play that one day. Loops and paradoxes and stuff. It's pretty good. We got enough it's of that nonsense with Bioshock Infinite. It's fine. Just, wow. <laughs> We're not going there. This episode's long enough. Yep. I mean, I'm sure me and Bill could talk about Bioshock Infinite for another hour. We only have. Well, Tiffany, I won't. Going to bed if that's what you're I won't. <laughs> I refuse to be talked by yourself. I did my doctoral thesis on it. I'm done. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's a great episode, too, by the way. So. No, thanks. I don't listen to your facts. I don't want to upset poor Michael K. Hughes. He's been a trooper through this whole episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, just everything. And then he finds out he gets the doc. Doc, survive, doc is alive. Pulls and has, like, has a bulletproof vest on. And he's like, And he has the letter from 1955, but it's all, like, taped together laminated <laughs> i thought that was cool it's yeah. very good. he tells marty when he rips it up that he refuses to accept the responsibility of potentially like throwing off the time space continuum and his answer to what happened to all that and he's just ah, i figured what the hell <laughs> <laughs> very casual about it <laughs> i really enjoyed he, he it he matured in those 30 years i guess <laughs> well, i mean if you Perfect. read it in 1985 at that point or if you waited till shortly from the time that you know you're going back in time it wouldn't affect what your decision because you're everything already be in motion. Well, that and all so. the shit that Marty did in the week that he was there is already going to fuck up the timeline anyway. So I mean, as you see, because after yes. this happens and I guess he goes home, does he go home or does he just wake up? He wakes up the next morning, which we makes sense because he catches up with time. I mean, that would make sense. But I guess the idea is supposed to be that he went home and went to sleep and didn't notice his house was different. <laughs> we, we see that he sleeps in the family guy death pose with one arm over his back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I also, I really like the scene when he comes back and you have him, you know, the house is nicer. He sees the siblings and they're all like, he's like, brother, why are you wearing a suit? He's like, I always wear a suit to the office. And this whole, I, I mean, I just, I thought it was good. And then, you know, having Biff show up and doing the wax scene, I thought was stupid. Yeah, that one moment right before, right before they have the scene where he wakes up, um, Marty is like, oh, Doc, it was great. My dad stood up to Biff for the first time in his life. And Doc's like, the first time? Mm-hmm. Ah, nah, so it'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> I, I, yeah. But it made, it changed things in a good way. But again, there would also, I mean, obviously be other. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to bite my tongue. He's like, so Marty's family changes. He doesn't change at all. Biff changes a little bit and everything else is completely the same. <laughs> your actions have only affected this little sliver of, of time. And that's yeah, not that your, your pocket of reality. I know <laughs> yeah, I'm nitpicking, like but he like got a new car, but he still has the same girlfriend. <laughs> yes, yeah, he does same girlfriend, girlfriend which means it was, which means it was meant right. to be until the second one where I think it's a different person. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth shoes. shoes. 
Because Claudia Wells's mom got diagnosed with cancer, so she like stepped away from acting. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't know that. I mean, it's so. I think this is actually okay. I, again, broad strokes, and we want to see good people do good things, you know, and, and get rewards, right? Not rewards, but you kind of get rewards, I guess. You know, time and, uh, travel treat. They want to get time travel treats, and we want to see Biff. <laughs> we want to see this time. We want to see this timeline, Biff. You know, get a denouement, and we see, we, we see good people get rewards, and bad people don't get any disciplinary actions against them because Biff, right. Biff still kind of turned out just fine. It's okay. Yeah, he's 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 working. Like he didn't have to go to jail for any. Well, maybe he did. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he murder, murder. attempted rape. He may, <laughs> nah, he may have like a he may have his uh, a red dot on his house. You know, in a on a internet map somewhere. If the internet existed in eighty five, probably will. Yeah, you know, I had to go around to all his neighbors and let them know. Nineteen fifty five. No, I know. No, 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 no. All <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as as far as like a little denouement goes, it's it's fine. I, I am. It was just kind of shocking. It's me, your brother, Christopher Gates. I got a new, you know that thing you're looking for for computers? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did you take a look at this? <laughs> uh, no, and then, I I yeah, did yeah. get a kick out of. He has the jeep in the in the garage. Yeah. I thought that was cool. You got the Jeep. All ready for you for this week. Yeah, why not? Sure. Look at that. Four, four by four. Again, another payoff. Another thing paid treats off. For, more treats for our heroes. Yep. And then you have the weird ending where Doc shows up from 30 years in the future with a flying car and glasses and everything. And he's feeding his car garbage. <laughs> I wish we could do that. I oh, wish sure. we had te- that technology. That'd be great. They had to reshoot this entire scene for the next movie. Really? Oh, yeah, because the, the actress because, changed. Yeah, because right. it's in the beginning of two, so they had to reshoot it with Elizabeth Shue. And they said that they, they had no no idea what to do with Jennifer's character because they hadn't planned on making a sequel. And they're like, if that were the fact, I wouldn't have made her get in the car. Yeah, yeah. Because That's he, why they just drug her into, leave her well, passed because, out. Because he says, well, you both of you can come, right? I'm watching this last night. And I'm like, again, as a kid, as someone, a kid or somebody in the theater in 1985, what am I thinking? Like, what is happening? Because, you know, you think the movie's over, right? You're over, you have the hug, you know, yeah. it's 1985. Huey Lewis in the news plays Power of Love again, and you go home, right? That's kind of what you expect. And to have this 30 seconds of utter madness. <laughs> think about think about what happens in the last 30 seconds of this movie. DeLorean she shows up again. Right, DeLorean. Yeah, just get in the car. Yeah, like the th- right, right, the, like thirty seconds, right? Florian shows up. Doc comes out wearing goofy sci-fi gear, with Dre- like dressed like Ronald McDonald, dress <laughs> just like a giant Ronald McDonald. Marty, you have to come back. It's about your, it's about your kids. Kids, they look at each other. Kids are brought up. He opens with the flux capacitor, garbage recycler. And the <laughs> was it? I think it's like fluxomatic garbage. Closes it. Get in. We gotta go. You too. You want to come with? Person we've seen <laughs> twice in this movie. <laughs> no. The car then peels out where we're going. We don't need roads. The thing then floats in the air and flies off into the camera. 30 seconds. What did I just watch? And I want more. (laughs) No man. No man should know too much about his own destiny. Uh, You and Jennifer get married. You have kids. Get in my flying car. We're going to the future. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't care anymore. Yeah, we're done. What is going on? Set it up for a sequel. They didn't plan a sequel, but that wasn't setting it up for a sequel. Really? That baffles me. It's just like that sitcom. Oh, here we go again. I guess. But boy, oh boy, what an ending. I, 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 the credits start rolling. I'm like, that might be one of the finest endings <laughs> in film <laughs> history. Hey, you know what? Sometimes, you, they, 
they just have movies like that. Sometimes you have Princess Peach show up at the end of the movie and say, hey, guys, you got to come back. And then we're still uh, waiting for that sequel. Daisy. Yeah. God. <laughs> did you did you cover the Mario Brothers movie? No, we haven't actually. Yeah. I want to be on that. It. It's been threatened for. <laughs> it's oh, been threatened for as long as I've been on the show. I think <laughs> a long time ago, so it's gonna happen someday. Next yeah, year, I'll we'll put should, it for my birthday movie. <laughs> yes, there and it's been it's been a very 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 long time. I kind of think it's a secret good movie. I'm afraid. I don't know though. I'll, I I will leave. You. I I do want to be on this. This is the third it. time I've talked about video game movies today. It's it's all right because Double Dragon was just so much worse. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I heard that. <laughs> movie is anyway, big. Anyway, planning out shows for planning out new future episodes on this episode. Uh, but man, no, I really do think this is one of my favorite endings of a movie. I just I've, I've, I don't think I've seen a movie in years where the explosions at the end are just like pop, 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 pop. I, it's, it's awesome. It and got me excited I, to watch Back to the Future 2, which I absolutely yes. no interest in whatsoever until last night. Yeah, no, me so. too. I, I, I like that. Just, you, you saw parts of that movie watching this movie. Like, wait until you want. We should probably do that soon because just uh, this one's still fresh in your head. Because my God, they sure love their similarities. Yeah, I, I might, I might have to, I might have to make that like a next week thing. I, I have some other movies I still need to see. Soon, I got, I got the rest of this month planned, but we'll see. I got Mike Bill. And his plans. We'll work around it, guys. I'll and I got you. Bill already tied up for two more movies this month in February that I got to do. So two more. It's the second one. Yeah, Blade Runner and Little Shop. Oh, yeah. I forgot Little Shop. I haven't planned Little Shop date yet, but I'm going to try to get both both done this month in February. And then I'll leave you alone for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) He liked coming on our show. I do like coming on to your show. (laughs) That's good. No, me and you can talk about Forrest Gump for four hours. Oh, fuck that. I'm not on that show. (laughs) I'll do it. I mean, I'll do it. I'm kidding. I I don't think I want to. Listen to that episode. No, just, you wouldn't. To, just to hear no, you go, wouldn't. Go, okay, and then and I'll fast forward it. Okay, is Bill talking yet? You listen to one episode <laughs> of, of the over 400 I've created. One. <laughs> <sighs> Don't feel bad. My wife doesn't listen to anything I do anyway, either. <laughs> she has not listened to a single episode of a game and looks at 40. <laughs> I, recorded, <laughs> no. I recorded two episodes on other shows in the last month, and my wife listened to both of them, so I'm going to throw sure. that in your faces. <laughs> She listened. She used to listen to my first, my second podcast, my New Jersey Devils hockey show. By the way, can I actually say a quick thing as we finish up because this is related? I may release an episode for of my old podcast for my patrons only because it is so cringe. Only those who actually pay me <laughs> for my content are allowed to, to experience this. My one year, my for an end of season show, the season that we had just experienced, New Jersey Devils hockey team was remarkably similar in statistics to one that was 10 years prior previous. My co-host came to me with all these stats, like these stats almost line up exactly in a lot of different ways. So we did a back to the future episode where we basically did like a parody of this and we went back into future and there was sound effects and we do the voices and it was, (laughs) it was a half an hour, basically like end of year special where we did basically the, the, the the thing of back, basically this, we had to go back in time because there was time paradoxes we had to fix and, I wrote the script. My friend came over from the Cine City and we spent two or three, three hours recording it and it took three weeks to edit. It is cringy. <laughs> there's a lot of cringe in there. <laughs> a lot of cringe. I'll pay but there's for some that. Good, there's a lot of cringe. So if if I get more patrons, I will release this to my patrons only. My The rest of the listening community cannot. And the good news <laughs> is... And the good news go is... on uh, YouTube. No. And the good news is for patrons, you only have to buy it like one month because then you get it <laughs> and then you can just cancel... And now you have for two bucks me 
pretending to do a Doc Brown impersonation. Actually, I did not do I'm Doc curious, Brown. I'm curious, though. My, my best good. friend did Doc Brown. It was, uh, it's pretty, pretty embarrassing. So I will de-pants myself for my patrons. <laughs> Again, you, just, you can just, you can just uh, yeah, pay it once, two bucks, cancel it the next month, and then that's it. All right. Any last things we should say before we go to Shelf Stacker Box? Apparently not. <laughs> that was just a cry right. I heard on the floor from my dog. Other than that, no. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll go first. As a guy who came into this with no expectations, I had talked shit about this movie before in this podcast, I'm pretty sure. I'm putting this in the shelf. I really had a good time with this film. I mean, it was so nice to go into a movie with no expectations, but bad ones, and leave just happy to find out, hey, something actually holds up again. So I'm two for two from old movies that hold up. So, hey, that we recorded on the oh, show. Jurassic Park and old movie. It is old movie. It turned 33. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an old movie. It's not, you know, old, old, but it's, uh, you know, 30 years. So hold up. Shut up, up, all you little kids. (laughs) And then we'll be covering Blade Runner. Well, at the time you hear this, we already did cover Blade Runner. Probably watching Blade Runner soon. We'll see if that holds up from the 80s. Yeah, on your own. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've never never seen Blade Runner all the way through. But yeah, put this on the shelf. I really enjoyed it. Uh, What about you, Tiffany? On the shelf, definitely. (laughs) On the shelf, definitely. Like we said, there were some cringy moments, and it was definitely an 80s film, but I love this movie. I've loved it my whole life, and it will go on the shelf. And what about you, Bill? This is an absolute shelf. I, I mean, I'm not going to restate what I just said, but it's, uh, I, you know, I think last week when we did Jurassic Park, I said that Jurassic Park's a movie I want to share with my son at some point. This is another movie I can't wait to share with him. And even though he doesn't know what 1985 is, he barely knows what last week is, <laughs> he, he, he barely does. He, he'll understand like the high school things when he's older, right? He'll he'll understand the relational kind of things. He'll just get what it is to be kind of that age. So I can't wait to again sit down with him. Son, we're gonna watch Back to the Future, and him go, Dad, oh, shut up, Dad. Dad, please <laughs> let me watch your old movies. Good God, you know, or whatever. Oh God, what are they wearing, Dad? Oh my Iron God. Man Seven is out, and Robert Downey Jr. is still doing the role in a wheelchair. We get it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> So uh, this is obviously a, a shelf, and let me just try to do the 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 laugh here real quick. We'll try. I guess say 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 something funny, Michael Keyes. No, it's too late in the day for that. I've been up since four. It's like a that's kind of right. It's, yeah, listen, I'll work on it. Work. I'll work on it. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a super shelf for sure. And what about you, Mike? Uh, it's also going on the shelf. It's funny. Bill talks about showing it to his kids. When, before I moved here from Ohio, my niece had never seen him. I think she was she would have been like 15 at the time because, you know, Marty That's going right. to 2015 was a big thing that year. So I was like, oh, we'll watch Back to the Future thing. Back to the Future. Come over so we can watch the first one. And then the first one ended and it was the same thing. She's like, well, now I want to watch the second one. And we ended up watching like all three of them within a weekend. Yeah, that's just a fun anecdote. Uh, it's going on the shelf, and if you want to hear my exact reasons why I get near DeLorean and start this episode over, because I think we, <laughs> we we covered it pretty well. That yeah. was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's yeah, everything I need to say, or for that part. And Mike, anything you want to plug? Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Kaidan, K-A-I-D-A-N-X-A-I-N. I've been on a couple of, like I mentioned earlier, a couple other podcasts recently. I was on the latest episode 82 and backlog buster started their new year of backlog bingo. And I was on episode of what they call the backlog bingo brunch. God, that's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Bill, where can people find you at again? Um, before that, my Michael K Hughes is being very oh. modest. He owned on the latest. Uh, he, <laughs> wow. Wowie zowie. Uh, that kind of said, that was the part of it. I haven't he, finished it yet. Oh, I started it though. 
own them. That this this man knows more about video games than most people forgot. So uh, yeah, don't have him <laughs> on your you. quiz show if you want to win. Man, no kidding. Not even pretending. Um, yeah, gamer looks at forty. You've heard the spiel a hundred times. So here's a hundred and one. Almost done with the Zelda series. I don't know when this airs, Mike Albertson. I don't either, to be honest with you. Fantastic. Well, if it's, if it's recorded now, so yeah. Well, if it's if it's any time before like March fifteenth or so, um, be, this will most likely be March at this point. Now that it's okay. Done. Well, if, if it's March, then uh, the Zelda series is essentially done. I spent six months talking about Zelda. I shall talk about it no more. Uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, from here on out, we'll be doing some smaller type interview stuff, gearing up for our next big series, which will likely start releasing in June, July. So um, if you like a certain game series that's very big, not quite as big as Zelda, but still big. I'm not saying any more than that because it's a big surprise. So uh, yeah. Solid? I uh, know I should be. I, I've played all of them, but yeah, I don't think I'll do very well. Yeah, Twitter, a gamer looks at forty four zero, and uh, join my Discord too. It's getting, it's a, uh, it's a decent amount of fun. I'm trying hard to make it more gooder than it already is. Yeah, more thanks for, good. thanks again for having me. Of course. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can find over four hundred episodes. We do movies, comics, video games, all sorts of stuff. Go check out our all our content. You can find everything on Podbean if you can't find what you're looking for on Spotify or iTunes. Also, want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Elena at Hell Hats for you. you can follow her on TikTok. And oh, yeah, we have a Patreon. So if you want to support the show for a little dollar, you can vote in our Patreon. We have polls every month. So go do that. I don't I have no idea what it's going to be because I don't know for sure when this is coming out. So and I haven't written all my polls yet. So definitely go check that out. And please follow us on Discord. You see a link in the show notes. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Make like a tree and get out of here.